Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Friday Eve. Welcome on in. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He is Derek Gunn. He is Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellison. My setup looks a little weird. Having all kinds of internet issues, fellas. Uh, trying to survive, man. Trying to get by. But uh, we'll, we'll do the that, best that we can. That huge storm, man. That's what it is, bro. What'd you do? Take a power hit at your house or something? Yeah, we had, we had guys, we had um, lightning sounded like it was literally coming through the walls around seven o'clock mm. this morning like i was going to take cover man it was one of those deals like get to the basement. oh my goodness yeah it was no dude out. uh my wife my wife asked me did the uh storm wake you up i said nope my daughter was telling me that uh like 7 or 8 a.m it was really bad in terms of the lightning thundering now by the time i got up a little before nine it was raining heavy in, in the thunder uh, but outside of that, no, it was. I, hey, I didn't hear anything this morning, man. I was three sheets to the wind, brother. I'm telling well, you. <laughs> I let the dogs out of like it was. It was seven thirty. It was raining pretty bad out there. Um, but I had to let the dogs out because they had to do their business. So I let them out there for a little bit. They went out there immediately, did their business, and came right back in. And then it started fading down a little bit. And all I heard was like thunder from the um from from a couple miles away, you know. But uh, you know, we we we. We kind of fared it pretty well, though, man. But, uh, but you know, I, but I then I went on my porch. Oh, oh snap! Yeah, is yeah, that the so, new bug assault? Yeah, this is the new bug assault, man. I'm, I'm trying to put it together now, man. This thing is all right, man. It's got the scope on it and everything. Let, bro. Let's see this laser scope you were talking about. Oh, okay, then hold on now. Let me check it out. See, the grown men with their toys. It doesn't take much to entertain us. Do, oh, don't point it with your face, man. I'm pointing at you guys. Oh, uh-huh. oh. Yeah. don't play, don't that, play. That laser is over. I got, I got my model was two years. I got mine two years ago, and I got it home. And the first thing my wife said, "I don't want salt all over my kitchen counters and floors." I'm like, <laughs> can I just have a moment to to just enjoy the fact that I have a toy gun that can do damage instead of using a fly swatter? Well, well, look, hold on now. Now look. you got to understand this. What? See, 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 people watching, you know, look, yeah, what does it say for adults only? Yeah, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, um, you might not even be messing with this, Derek. Hey, yeah, Derek, what, put, put that down right away, actually. You'll shoot your eye out, exactly. <laughs> hey, look, man, look, Ralphie, pump, he's Ralphie. Yeah, I, I got the pump action on this thing, man. Yeah, me Let me tell you something. And this, you know, you feel the salt up right here, you get like 88 shots with this thing. Um, and I'll tell Walker, I feel like the Terminator, man. Pump action, and all of a sudden you see bugs just fly across the room. 
Right. See, I think you you two are just going to be shooting at anything. Not even even if there's any bugs in the house, you're going to be going crazy with that thing. Ooh, hey, look, let me tell you something. You gotta be careful. I mean, it has it has a safety switch on it. Dude. But one day, one day last year, no, earlier this year, my my my, my grandson, I, mean, I had it out and I was shooting flies, and I turned around for a second. My grandson's got it, three years old. I'm saying, hey, 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 what are you doing? I want to shoot flies. No, 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 no. You shoot flies. No, because I'm not going to have your mother yelling at me. No, no, no. I don't want him to shoot. Well, first of all, he's not he's not strong enough to pull his trigger, which is uh-huh. a good thing. Right, 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 thing. right. Number two, I had the safety on, so that was a good thing. Number three, I don't want him thinking that he can pick this thing up and shoot because one day he's going to be strong enough to pull his trigger. So. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at it's all Randy. Randy said, "Hey, he said my eyes hurt." He said, "Look, <laughs> gonna send me his eye blind. You blinded him. Hey, man, I may have to reevaluate here. That laser scope, <laughs> that laser scope is special, dude. Now, I did you order? Be, did you I order two? Grandpa, yeah. Oh my god, did you? No, he might. You know, he might try. My grandson might try to shoot me in the butt with it too. So I can't have <laughs> right. that. I told you guys just for the heck of it, I had to find out. You know because." Remember the old the old slogan, "Inquiring minds want to know." From yeah, you know, right. national court, so I had to see how powerful is this thing. I was dumb enough to put my hand in front of it one day, and I'll say it was about a good foot away from it. Man, my hand stung for like ten minutes. I'm like, see, yeah. So you, you you did it for guys like me, and I don't have to worry about doing it. I don't have to know now because you you went out there and sacrificed for the for the betterment of uh the show. Appreciate that, Derek. Yeah, I think- and and it's called assault. A bug or what's no, it called? Assault? Bug, bug assault. Bug assault. We got to get major sponsorship. Bug this, assault. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know yeah. what? My wife and my son-in-law mentioned it yesterday that I should just randomly send bug assault an email. Say, hey, look, we promoted this on our show. I guarantee you got 20, 15, 20, 25 sales off of us doing free promotions. How about doing some sponsorship with Sports Take? You know, just to see what happens. You know, what's well, the worst hey, they can say is I'm, no. I'm getting lessons too. You know. Uh, Philly 559, Brooks, don't point at yourself. The first rule for guns, rule for guns. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. How <laughs> dumb are you pointing the gun at yourself? And let me guess, do you have salt in it yet? No, I don't have any pussy. I just took the I just took. The I don't care. Off. I don't care. You don't point, point a gun at your face. You're doing something like this. Duh, duh. I'm like, what are you trying to do here? Hey, Bear, I got an idea. Now, our producer, Xander Kraus, ordered one also. Uh-huh. I think me, you, Xander, and get together with a few other people, and let's have a let's have a a, a a tournament, you know, where you know it's almost like paintball. Instead of paintball, we 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 go after each other with these things. What do you think? Well, you know what? The next time the next time you go on uh, on the boat with us, man, you can yeah. take it and we can shoot greenheads with it. You know what I'm saying? They oh, greenhead flies! Oh man, they bite, man. They they draw blood. They they. I mean, I hate them things, man. Yep, yep. They I bite. told you. Every year for a long time, for about 10 years, I had to go out and do Ron Jaworski's golf tournament uh, in Atlantic City. Well, that's tomorrow. And, I got to do it tomorrow. And I hated going because um, those green flies would tear you up to the point. By the time I got back to the office, I looked like I had chicken pox, man. These things are worse than mosquitoes. Bro. I mean, I, are you um, kidding me? When they have when they had the Blue Herring, he usually has it at his club, his golf club in Blue Herring. Yeah. This year... He's not using Atlantic City. He's at Live Casino. We're at Live Casino. That's where the um the, the party is. And then we go to um the play at his his, his course, yeah, uh, Riverwinds. Yeah. Right. So my tea time is at eight twenty tomorrow. So should, yeah. So I should be. I, I thought it was Monday. Off. Thought you said Monday. No, it's tomorrow. Friday. I thought, you, I thought you said you had a golf event on Monday. I do have a golf event on Monday. That's Barcamp. Oh, that's Barcamp. Oh, okay. Yes. So you you scamming us twice in the span of four days, bro. I, I'm not scamming anything. You know that 
this is what happens, bro. I see this is what I'm talking about. Why 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 is it gotta be me scamming, man? Because I've known you too long. I I'm rushing, I'm actually rushing back to play golf. I mean, I'm proud of you. playing I'm proud golf of you. so I could be on the show. Commitment without complacency, man. I'm I'm back, baby. I'm I, coming. I, I am so proud of you. You know, I'm emotional right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, you, Rob, you didn't even believe that none, did you? Um, <laughs> Rob, 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 be careful what you say. Be careful. Remember, uh, I, Rob. I, agree, I agree with both of you. Rob, uh, Rob, I'm Switzerland, remember. dude. I, I keep, yeah, I am. Remember, I am remember, who you, remember who you've known longer, Rob. Just just keep that in mind. Well, hey, uh, by the way, I, guys, I, you, you know guys what happened? Uh, it broke up. It broke right, right. Right Hey, look, Randall the Handle <laughs> says that what do they retail for? They're like 45 bucks. These bug yeah. assault guns. 40. He said 100 Now, I'm sure people keep buying these things. They're going to jump up $80, $90. That's why I draw the line. I'll go back to the fly swatter before I play. Pay $80, $90 for a toy. Hey, 45 bucks. Hey, Master Bean, come on, man. Don't do that to me, man. You What's know, that? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to go uh, offshore with me. And he said, you know, there's no greenheads uh, 20 miles That's off. That's a good yeah, point. Right. I know that. I yeah, so that so that so he's helping me get you out farther because then you have to worry about greenheads when you're 20 miles off. You hey, two are going to be strapping on on the next boat trip, man. Are we gonna, we're gonna be <laughs> shooting each other before it's over. I promise you this: <laughs> shooting each other in the backside, the elbows. Uh -huh. I promise you, fishing will take a back seat to what could happen oh, with no both question. of us with the, with the bug or so. But I'm waiting for them to come out with a model that shoots at a further distance. That's what I'm waiting for with a laser scope. And a further distance. You got to get up too close on the bugs to shoot them. So I'm waiting for one to come out. It gives you at least like a foot, foot and a half distance instead of about six, seven inches. Now, somebody was asking me, how are they in those lantern flies? I hate those lantern flies. So I hit a few last summer, but you got to hit them more than once. The first time you hit them, you might knock off a wing, but they don't die. You got to hit them like two or three times to, to take them out. Oh, Captain, come on now. Captain, See, hey, Captain said he got a hat for me to wear he knows that you won't wear. So, Captain, I'll send you my address. You know, I love lids. I love wearing baseball lids. Man. Captain, if it's sharp enough, I'll wear it for you. Since Barrett, who is they're, your fishing buddy, won't they're wear it. They're nice, bro. I mean, I wear it all the time. I do. You have That's, a, what, that's my what good luck it, fishing hat. Well, what does it say on it? Fine and dandy, baby. That's his boat, fine and dandy. I'll, it comes, I'll wear it. It comes from a long line of boats, man. His uh, his pops, man, was a – and he grew okay. up – you know, he grew up on a boat, man. He started out – Oh, okay. He was a, he was a charter boat captain. Then he went to, you know, corporate job. He had a corporate job, you know, he, he hated that. So then he goes to, you know, he goes to this dock where he puts his boat in and ends up running the dock. So he's been there for the um for the longest now. Hey, you so, know what? Going going back to the weather for a moment. You know how we know when a, when a storm is coming? How's that? You know, I told you about this one dog we have. I call him Jughead. His name's PJ, but he um he he uh he he flunked up. Oh, Robbie E back in the dungeon. You know, but 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 so so this dog that flunked doggy daycare twice and hates every other dog except this chihuahua we have. When a storm is coming, all of a sudden he starts shaking like a leaf and he hides up under us. And if we're not sitting down, he follows you to the point you don't know he's under your feet. You could trip over, and hurt yourself, man. But this what? dog just cowers, man. And I mean, shake. I have to literally pick him up and toss his little butt outside to make him go outside when it's storming because he won't go. Bro, I, hey, I, you guys hearing me? Just an FYI. Yeah, yeah. Right. in the so, dungeon. I major kudos to uh, my technician here in the at the home studio, Bobby Ellis, for getting it done, man. <laughs> Bobby, come here. I got to give you a little love. Come on, come on in, come Bobby. On. Let's see, Bobby. Come, come on, on, Bobby. E. He he was just working his tail off to get this thing fixed. Go ahead, get 
Say what's hi. up, bro? He's a big dude. What's up, bro? Now, you, you want to see the, the stand? The, look, stand up, bud. It's not even close. He's got like, well, you can't tell there. He's got a lot on there. Anyway, how, how so did you get you, so tall? Are you so That's short, my dude, man? man. My, my, thank God, uh, my wife, his mom, is like five eleven, or the mailman really? was very tall. I'm not sure which. One <laughs> wow. Of one or the other, bro. The that man. is your that is your carbon copy, man. Like, he's if unbelievable. You were, if if you were if you were to say, uh, oh, he's not mine. The judge would just throw you out. And say, hey, you just take care <laughs> yeah, of it. So you yeah, think he looks yeah, like yeah, me, bro? He was hot. You guys, there was a lot going on behind the scenes here for the first couple minutes. Let me just tell you that my man was hustling. I know how you feel, bro, because uh, there are times like I tell you, I'm technology illiterate. Right. It is, you know, here's where having kids still living at home is a benefit because two of my three ki the kids still live at home. I have my son right across the hall and my daughter down the hall. And when I have technical issues, man, I call one of them. They come running. You know, my son is a former musician and he know he understands all this stuff. And what he can't figure out, my other daughter, who's a techie, she comes in, she figures this stuff. And I'm just sitting there watching her. I'm like. Don't even tell me what you just did because there's no way I'm going to remember what you just did. So, well, we still, so we're, I, he just connected me to his personal hotspot. Uh, long story short, not to get super technical here on people, not that that's crazy technical, but he hooked us up to his, helped me up to his personal hotspot just to get this going because my internet is, is crap right now. So, we're, we're good. Now we're good. Really? Nothing to worry hey, about. Hey, Captain Tuna calling you out big time today, Bear. Look at this. Bear talks about the hat, but look what he has on today. Oh, I love that lid, man. I do well, too. See, oh, see, see, Captain, see, you two just got me. You guys got me in the doghouse because of you, what Rob says. Wear the hat, man. I like the hat. What this is is this is uh, Devontae Smith on this hat. Yeah, right, yeah. Here you go. This Devontae stood on the hat. You know, what I'm saying I did when I did the um, the softball tournament. He gave me the hat, so I just put it on. I just put it on just to go outside and, and work with the pool. And then I come back in, you guys, oh, I like the hat. So I, you know, put the hat on. I'm taking this hat off, man. You got No, dude, it's hey, a Cap, great hat. Uh, so that, like, I love that lid. Hey, Cap, just get, just get, Cap, send me one. I'll wear it. I, I will represent <laughs> for you, Cap. You know, unlike your fishing buddy, your alleged fishing buddy, Barrett, I will wear the cap for you, you know. Uh, well, why, I, I love it. When are you going out with us then? What? What do you mean, what? what? What'd you, you say? You don't understand now, right? You don't understand English anymore. When are you going out with us now? No, 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 no. I said I wear the hat. I said I have not agreed to go out here. No, no, no. No. See, my wife does not want me on boats, period. I'll tell you, I swim like a rock. My wife and my wife, my kids, my son-in-law, um, you know, they 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 um and the thing is I love being around water, you know. I have no fear of water. And I say, hey, look, if something happens, just speak well of me in my eulogy. That's all. That's all bro, I told you know. I, I, I got I got you, man. I got you, bro. I know, right, and I got, well, dude, I have one of these professional, like, yeah. I have one of these professional, like, Coast Guard life jackets. This thing is, like, real thin. It looks like, like, a, like, bikini strap, and it has this cylinder, there's canister on the bottom of it. You pull it, you pull the cord. So, I, I'm I'm strapped when it comes to this stuff. I take it, I just forget to wear it, and that drives them even crazier. Bro, I, I can, can swim. That. I can swim, I can bro. So, I don't worry yeah? about it. In fact, that's why I'm out in this damn pool messing with it now. It's finally it, they can finally swim in the pool now. So my niece is over here now. She's yeah. she's ready to jump in the pool now. I'm going to pick my uh my 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 um grandson up. I gotta fly down. So this is dog. This is my schedule for the next two days. Okay. I'm on the I'm on the show with you Yahoos for you know till three o'clock. Right. Then I gotta leave here at three thirty. Make it down to the live casino, and I gotta go in and sign the footballs for the golf tournament. At Live Casino, and I leave straight from there. I go to work at uh, NBC, 
Then I got to do my show from 6 to 6.30. Then I could go back to the live casino oh. and shake hand and kiss babies. Then I got to go and I got to get up. I got to be up and out the door and in at the um, golfing range, which is which is probably, what, 20 minutes from me, at Riverwinds to play in Jaws yeah. of Celebrity Golf Tournament. Play in that. I got to haul ass back here to my studio to be on with you guys, you know, from 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 12 to 3 tomorrow. Then I go back to work. I do my show 6 to 630. Then oh. I got to get up oh. at 5 in the morning, be at the airport by 6 as I fly out at 7 to Atlanta, go down there, spend some time with my uh, my granddaughter because she's only two. She can't come up. Oh. My grandson, he's seven. So we'll, I mean, six. We'll kick it, you know what I'm saying? Then we get up in the morning. We got to be up at four. Our flight leaves at, I think, six. Oh my God. Fly back here on, on, on Father's Day on Sunday. Dude. Then I'll get the rest. Hey, Your day tomorrow. Your day. Yeah. Wait, wait, when are you doing the Jersey back in uh, the, the Atlantic City thing? Today? I got confused. Yeah, I'm lost. It's not, it's, not a, it's not Atlantic City. This time it's close. It's at Live Casino, which is right across the street from the, from the job. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. face an ocean. Okay. All right. I got oh, you. Yeah. That's so basically So basically, so what you're saying is for, for we the are, first wait, time. We are live, on, we are live from, um, from, from Ocean's Casino on, on July 1st. Yes, we are. That's right. We're going to be like Friday. Yeah, hang out with us, man. Come on out. We're going to have a look forward to that. So, Gary, so what you're basically telling me is that for the first time in a long time, you're actually putting in a full day. Oh, what you're saying. I'm asking you a question. I'm just asking you a question. Why you got to be personal, man? You know what? All of you, all of what you just said, I will. I I want to say I would trade, but I can't because she's such a she's such a gem. So the grand the 11 month old comes here over today at three o'clock. We have to keep her overnight again. Ooh. Yes, we're keeping her overnight Ooh. again. No sleep for you, you either, something. brother. Let yeah. me tell you something, brother. Those one <laughs> one thirty, and she wakes up like like on on the on the clock. You know, one thirty or two a.m. She wakes up, got to feed her. She's then you got to change the diaper. And because my wife keeps our bedroom at sixty two degrees, my daughter has this thing called a sleep sack that you have to put on it. Do you have you have any idea what this is like when a baby's half groggy and hungry? And you got to take the sleep sack off. Then you got to tape her zip up onesie off, and she's flopping around like a fish mad. Then you got to get the diaper off of her, and you got to change the diaper and put the diaper back on her, put the onesie back on her, then the sleep sack on, and then give her the bottle before she throws a haymaker and punches you in the face, and then try to get it back. I would trade trade your day for what I'm going to have to go through tonight. No. Now, now I don't don't want no parts of that, bro. Now, like I told you, we had a three three days last weekend. So my wife says, "Okay, you do the early ones. I get two to three days last two to three days last weekend." Now I hear the baby crying. My wife's like straight up out cold. I get up at seven thirty with the baby. Man, my legs are like jelly by nine a.m. Oh. But see, the, and the worst part about that, you don't get paid for it. At least I'm getting no. paid for. It. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. So, so, so I, I I'll be doing the show from the Jersey Shore tomorrow, fellas. What? Oh, I'll be. I'll be Are either really? on a deck baking like a like a like a piece of bacon <laughs> in a frying pan, <laughs> or I'll take some shelter somewhere. But I, I will be coming to you live from uh, from the Jersey Shore tomorrow. So, so, you, so you finally get away for a few days. I'm so not getting uh, no, not really, Derek. So what I'm doing no. is at, when we finish the show today, I'm driving to uh, North Wildwood. Okay, I'll do the show. I'll sl- you know I'll stay over. I'll right. do the show tomorrow. Drive back. Uh, for, uh, drive back Saturday morning because I'm on the air at WIP at three o'clock. So I'm kind of, oh. I'm not really oh. missing any work, but I'm just 
squeezing a little bit of family time in. So we'll we'll make it happen. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what, it's man? Only- I mean, you should stop by the marina, man. You know, Schooner Island. Say what's up to the cab, man. I should do that. Get a free hat. <laughs> See, I could work a, a, some a swag hat. into this. In fact, in fact, you can stay on my boat while you're there. You know, you guys can stay on my boat. Wow. While you're there. Do you guys remember the show Quincy from a hundred years ago? Oh yeah, absolutely. He, I do. He, he lived Quincy. on a boat. Yeah, he That's did. Right. Did. I love that <laughs> on show. A marina. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, I love the show. I never watched it on a regular basis, but I love the show. I love the concept of the show. And you're right, the dude lived on a boat. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, that works if you if you look like, uh, you know, a, a good-looking right. dude. Quincy wasn't exactly pulling that look. Jack Klugman wasn't getting it yeah. done. Yeah. Somehow Klugman, he always had, yeah. like, models on the boat with him. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you say, I mean, like, Tom Selleck. Okay, I'm buying yeah, he, it. Yeah. Tom Selleck but, could pull. I, I remember uh, Miami Vice, uh, Crockett. Yeah, on Crockett and Tub. Crockett right. could yeah. pull it off. Yeah, right. Quincy, I don't know. Yeah, Quincy yeah, yeah. See, yeah. you know, for the, last, for the last few weeks, I've been, I've been trying to find time to power wash my house because i do it every two summers you know so and i was i was crying crying over the weekend i want to power wash my, i said i gotta get it done i've been trying to get it done since early may yeah still have not been able to do it and absolutely and i got to the point i said i'm gonna do it in in waves like i usually do the whole house in one day which takes like eight or nine hours you know from the soap and then you got to do the water to rinse them up son-in-law alex helps me a lot because he doesn't trust me on an eight foot ladder i'm like wait a minute i might be older alex but i ain't decrepit so I could do this by myself, but you know, you know, by the grace of God, he loves to help do this stuff. He loves playing with t- power tools and stuff. So I'm, last Sunday, I'm, I'm completing my case to the family. I can't do this. I don't have time to do that. And the next day, my wife tells me, uh, "You know, this weekend we have, on Saturday we have we have two graduation parties, and on Sunday we have a wedding in Maryland." And I'm like, "This? You got what? A wedding in Maryland on Father's Day? Who in their wow. right mind?" Gets married on Father's Day. Really? Wow. On yes. Sunday? Yes. Wow. You got to drive to Maryland for, for a wedding. Yeah, that's Dude. what I'm saying. That's a violation. Well, at least you're, you're pretty close. It depends, I guess, where it is in Maryland, but um, at least you're relatively close. That's, that's, that's being selfish, man. That's Dude, being selfish. It messes up. I, I don't care where it is. It's just that it's Father's Day. Yeah. Right. That's, that's supposed to be your day. You know that's saying? pretty weak. No offense to the people. That's pretty weak. Just and I don't saying. even I don't even do anything on Father's Day. You know, we grill out. Kids come over to give dad a card, gift cards. That's I'm gonna hang out with the family. That's all I do. I hear you. Which I love to do. But and I'm like, but you know, this he's such a good dude. You know, we we got to go to the wedding. Of good dude. Know him forever. But I'm thinking, you couldn't do it the next Sunday, or right. Sunday. You had I'm, to do it on a. I'm with Father's you, man. I, that's it's not cool, honestly. My no, man, no. my man. That was his name. Nine one. L5X. He said, D-Gun out there like Clark Griswold on those ladders. <laughs> and, and, and you always have your breaking point. Like Griswold always had his breaking point where he would just lose it. But that well, was I love, I, love, I love when he tried to move the ladder and all of a sudden the ladder goes straight back. <laughs> right in the bushes. And then he's... Oh, my goodness. That was great. All right, so we got a lot in store for t- today. Phillies walk off yesterday. And if you got a chance to hear... Uh, either Tom McCarthy or Scott Fransky's calls. They were both freaking awesome. And Scott Fransky is going to join us. I think he's going to be driving down to D.C. with Tom McCarthy. So that should be pretty cool. He's going to join us at 2.30. And then at 2 o'clock, I can't wait for this. The man who was a part of the most iconic play in the history of Philadelphia sports. Yes, I said it. The Philly special. Trey Burton himself, former quarterback who transitioned to the tight end position, had a nice career for himself. Uh, he'll be joining us at two o'clock. We got a lot to do. Phillies walk off, as I mentioned. We're going to dive into the AFC and NFC. 
biggest surprises. And now surprise can mm. mean good or bad. Team that could go this way or team that could go, you know, the wrong way. So we'll get into that as well. Eagles will dive into some depth in terms of what position has the best depth. We will do that as well. Certainly a lot to get to, man. And, and you guys will continue to kill bugs during the break. We'll, we'll get updates. Oh, Gunner's ready. Gunner's <laughs> locked and loaded. He's, he's ready to go. Yeah. So we'll get updates on it from these guys about what's exactly happening during the break. And I'll actually be here, not on my phone. So I'm good to go. So we're all set for the uh, for the rest of the day. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. We are I'm Jacob going on Sports. mute now. Yeah, you go. YouTube no. Network. Go on mute, you guys. All right. So I want to tell you about Station Tap Catering because they are the best. Station Tap Catering and Drexel Hill can handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing your next business opportunity for your company. They have 50 years of experience in food service prep. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. I've had their food. I've had their catering. I've had events catered by them. The, the great thing is whether you go from older folks down to kids, they have everything you could need, everything across the board. The food is spectacular. The variety is spectacular. Everything from wings to salads to wraps to tacos, you name it, they will provide it. The pasta's out of this world. Station Tap Catering, they can help you out with a private event, a corporate function, an individual package meal for a tailgate, whatever you need. Give them a call, 484-469-3222. That's 484-469-3222. Or hit them up online, stationtapcatering.com. That's stationtapcatering.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the Oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. You guys have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. So I just went from my son's hotspot to my hotspot, and we're all good. It's all good. <laughs> that boy deserves a raise for, right, from, right. from what he's making. Anyway, we're all we are all good. All right, guys. So Phillies yesterday, it, it came down another game that comes down to the final at bat. Um, and we talked about it before. We were on actually during the game uh, yesterday, and you know, to Kyle Gibson's credit, the guy pitched spectacular. I mean, he gives up one run through eight innings, right? Gunner, are you muted? Or is it me? That's me. It was there me. I pulled, I pulled a B. Brooks. Sorry. Yeah, be nervous. for. I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. You know, uh, before the show started, we took an over-under and how many times Barrett would be muted. And here I am. I'm the first one who gets caught muted today. Karma, man. <laughs> karma. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but but Gibson was just straight deal. It, it looked oh. like it was all going to be completely wasted, but he was great yesterday. You know, again, a great one nothing pitching duel across the board. Drama. You know, I love those. I, I, the, the, the 13 to 12 games and 10 to 8 games, they're okay. But I, I'm like I said, I'm old school. I'm, I, you know, I love watching great pitching duels from both sides, you know, yeah. that, that build a drama. And what a great drama builder that game was yesterday. Because I'm thinking, this team's down to their last strike, two men on. This game's over. You know they couldn't hit. They couldn't hit the broad side of a bar. And you know, kudos to 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 to, to uh, the Marlins because, as I said at the top of the series, they have a great pitching staff across the board. They do. And they would, and we knew it was going to make it tough on the Phillies, but the Phillies find a way to win this game. Yes, and it's always somebody different now. It's it, you know we give kudos to the top of the order who's been carrying this team. But these young guys, man, they just step up at any given moment. And I'm like, who the heck is Stubbs? Where'd he come from? Right. The craziest thing with him is he, he's not scared of big moments. Like this no, dude has no, no right to, to, to have that kind of, I guess, confidence or whatever that he has. But man, how about the reaction to when he spikes the back down and he's looking at the dugout oh, yeah. after he hits it. That was, I mean, it was just awesome. It's, right. Right. The, the, you know, the best part guys, it's fun again. Baseball's fun again. It was it was torturous with Joe Girardi, and it's fun once again under Rob Thompson. It just is. Well, I mean, that's the bottom line right there. They're having fun while they're playing, good, bad, or indifferent. And I just get a sense that it's the total opposite of what I saw um, through weeks before. Like when when it, in games where they shouldn't win, I had no possible means of of of, of really thinking that they were going to win. You know, when Girardi was the was the manager, but now. They've always so you say there's a chance. They've always got a chance. They're yeah, always I, in it. When you yeah. can when you can hit like that, you're always in it. I, I, I when it got to the ninth inning, I'm say, I said to myself, I didn't think there was any team in the National League that could shut out this Phillies lineup. I don't expect the Phillies to win every game, but I didn't think there's any any staff in the league that could shut. I mean, the Mets have a great pitching staff. Florida Dodgers. 
But I thought with this lineup, especially the way they're hitting right now, they would at least get one or two runs out of the deal. And just as I thought that, boom, you know, they get three. I mean, when was the last time the Phillies were shut out, come to think of? Hmm. Uh, I mean, think about it. With this lineup they have? Probably under Girardi, I would say. there was. Remember they were shut out a bunch of times early in the year? And we, we, well, they we got no that. hit. Remember they got no hit. Um, it was a um, combination, was a combination no of five pitchers that no hit them earlier yeah. in the year. But outside of that, once the bat started popping, I didn't think there was any way, shape, or form anybody could shut this team up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were a few earlier in the year. The Mets shut them out. Uh, Seattle, uh, okay. yeah, there a couple. Uh, but but, but okay. yeah, regardless. But your yeah, you know, look, your point is well taken. And the other thing is just the whole guy stepping up mentality. Look, JT Ramuto is having a terrible year, and he was going to be sitting yesterday no matter what. But Stubbs comes in there yesterday, and that kid's been awesome for them. And he's yeah. finally getting an opportunity yeah. to be a major leaguer, and he's he's paying it off. I mean, you'll see him you'll see him in at least one game tomorrow too because they play a doubleheader tomorrow so you get more stubs he's a little dude for a catch yeah he is the problem the problem is you got to play real multa because of the money you're paying him yep you have to man but you have 20 mils sitting on the bench man no i mean they got too many guys like that they don't i know but this dude you know i I don't know where his head is at but um you know in in a in a real world i'd let this kid stubs play until further notice but you know again how do you justify 20 million sitting on the bench yeah. You can't. You know that's not going to happen. You know I know. Oh, I fact, know. That won't happen. Well, there was a great. It, it, just speaking of that, so Taylor Heineke was asked about, do you still feel like you have any chance to be a starter? Did you guys see that from him? What he said? No. It, it was. It was extremely honest. He said, probably not. He said, when you're paying one guy thirty million and you're paying another guy two million, yeah, yep. I know what my role is. He yep. said, if if Carson goes down. I'll be ready to go. I still believe in myself, but I know the 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 it's a business here, and yep. the reality of the finances say I'm the bench guy because of what I'm making. And Absolutely. it was he was dead on. He and he wasn't saying it like he wasn't angry. It, he was saying it very sort of matter of fact, like I get this is what it is. But I he wasn't. Was he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't putting Carson down either. No, no. no. <laughs> it, it was really. It was refreshing, actually. I mean, it right. goes to your point, Derek. The reality is Garrett Stubbs is a barely. Barely a major leaguer. Exactly. And Real Buto's making 20 some odd million a year. So he's he's gonna be a starter. Make no mistake. Well, I mean, I've had that happen, you know, as far even as far as being a younger guy, and I'm an old guy. And um, you know, they they draft a guy in the in the second round, and I'm a second rounder from 10 years earlier. There's no way that I'm gonna start. It don't matter how good I am or if I'm better than the guy. I mean, it's just gonna happen. He's gonna play, he's a younger guy. And getting paid more so man that that just happens mm-hmm. i'm glad he, uh, heineke understands that but you know at the end of the day carson's gonna get the nod to i mean same thing happened here in philadelphia carson got the nod yep. and they probably should have took him out after week six or seven oh, yeah in his last year here no doubt. yeah like week six or seven they should have yep. took him out the way he was playing good yep. you could know no yeah they were trying but, to do everything they could to get him going but you know yep. what we can say what we want to say about carson but let me tell you something. His last two years here, that man took a beating. That offensive line was decimated. That man took a beating. I, if he, I, I doubt if he ever admits, admits it. You could tell this dude was gun shy. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's he, what did he get sacked? Like 50-something times one season? And how many times did he get hit? Over 100? But all things equaled out, though, because he held the ball way too long for Correct. the majority of the time also. True. But maybe he had – well, look at the pass catchers he had, Barrett. Them dudes weren't getting open. Well, yeah, on, well, you can go back and forth. Come on, Bro, Come who on, did man. he have? Who did he have? I mean, that's why I think it's a great segment that we're going to have as far as 
um, you know, the best positions on the Eagles teams right, right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if you look at this wide receiver, um, not tandem, but, you know, the wide receiver uh, meeting room, this is by far the best oh. wide receivers I've ever seen since I've been affiliated with the, um, with the Eagles since 95. Not wait, 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 hold up now. Because since '95, yeah, that's what wait, I said. wait, wait, wait. When he had D. Jack and Jeremy Macklin, that wasn't that was, a bad. Was that wasn't a bad collection. Now, hold up. So okay, let's let's go there. D. Jack. Yeah. You had uh uh Deshaun. Uh, you had D. Jack. You had Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin. All right, so you got AJ. Yes. You got Devonte. Devonte. That cancels that out. I don't know now. D. Even though I think they're up. better, I think that I think that um I think those two are better than even D. Jack and Jeremy Macklin. I think AJ cancels out Macklin, but you know we know Djack was a one-trick pony, and we know Devontae is a much better route runner. But I tell you what, give me Djack, you know, give me Djack. I'm just saying. For I what think he Macklin was, was. I think Macklin. I'm not uh, debating your statement, Barry. I'm just right. a general statement. I think Macklin was a little bit underrated. It's a shame it wasn't long. It was right. a shorter uh, career. Unfortunately, he was a really nice receiver. Well, he had, uh, he, had he had serious injuries, and then uh, yeah. what he he had one injury that almost cost him his career. Yeah, yeah, he was um, hurt a bunch. He was hurt I'm, a bunch. I'm, but still, I still think that um, I think that when you look at you know skill set for for skill set, yeah, Ejacks over the long on the over the long haul, he's a better receiver than Devontae right now. But I see. The sky's the limit with Devontae. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking that away. I I agree with you. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, and guys who are built similarly in, in, in Devontae and DJAC, but I think, I think Devontae is going to be a more complete now. There's no denying the home run hitter that, that that Deshaun was throughout his whole career for a long time, too. I mean, the guy played a long time. Um, but yeah. It's it's a bit of an indictment too with the Eagles receivers that were saying this. I mean, you think it's of, true. Even the Super Bowl year, you had you had Alshon and Torrey Smith, right? As your yep. and, and, and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, yeah. when you put the three together, that's not a bad threesome. But but nobody right. there is a superstar. No, no. what? Well, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, Quez Quez is a number three, and Quez was the number two guy last year. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, he's now down to three. Jalen Rager is the number five receiver in that meeting room now. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was also a number two and number three at times last year. Jalen yeah. Rager may be number seven right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm telling you. Yeah, you, Jaylen, you, you five or seven. But, but, but back to the beginning of the discussion here. Yeah. Because of where he was taken and because of what he was making, he will be on this team. Yes. See, no. See, who? Who? Jalen Rager? Yes. Yes. Rob. Uh, um. See, you didn't, you're not paying attention because I said earlier this week, or was it last week? I said it was this week. for April and May, I was adamant that Jalen Rager would make this team because he was a first-round draft pick. He's still a young player under his rookie contract. And because Howie Roseman does not want to admit he made a mistake taking Jalen Rager where he took them. Right. Then I said, after talking to a few people in recent weeks, recent weeks, uh, and after I camp, think, being in front of being in front of him in camp too. Yes, yes. I changed my stance that I don't think Jalen Rager makes this fifty-three man roster this year. And I understand why you're saying that. Too. I, yes. Look, I I I don't look. I don't want to see anybody's career flame out. But what I mean by this, in terms of best for the team, I would prefer he not be here, Derek. So let me be clear about that. I hope yep. you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean I'm being yeah. real. Yes, but yeah. I think he's going to be here. 
I still well, think he's, I'm, I'm not disputing what you're hearing. I'm not. Yeah. I, I just feel like overall that 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 notion of we don't want to admit this mistake this quickly is is going to supersede everything else. I hope you're right. To me, Jalen Rager falls under the category of you ain't got to leave, but you got to get up out of here. So, <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, uh, Greg Ward has a better chance of making this team than Jalen Rager Ooh, right now. Whoa. Come on, man. Really? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Damn. Well, I mean, wait, wait, wait. There's room for Greg Ward to make the team any way you look I'm, at it. It's not a knock on Greg Ward. But no, I mean, no. You, you know, we're talking about a guy who – Solid. No, nobody denies that, and good for him for carving out an NFL career. But like, come on, man. I mean, that's almost like a default that we keep going I back know. to this. I remember when they took this uh, Jaquan Jarrett as a high second round pick, and the organization. Remember him? The, the, the organization raved about how did you have you did you see him hit? Can you see him come up and make hits? Yeah. Two years later, where was he? On the Jets. And then uh, one year after that, where is he? Uh, he's joining us later. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Out of the league. Yeah. In Broad Street. Eagles, Eagles gave Broad up Street. on him. They were so high on him being a safety of the future. They gave up on him after two years. Right. Jalen Rager could fall in that category. I'm just telling you. <sighs> but the only thing is, Derek, it's a little bit more high profile in that he first was round. a first rounder. You got to cut bait. Cut bait. Cut no, bait. I agree. I'm not arguing. But Trust me. I am not – defending Jalen Rager. I'm just trying to look at it from an organizational standpoint. I think because he was a first rounder and because he was taken in front of Justin Jefferson, Justin who's Jefferson. an absolute yep. monster. Yep. Maybe they try one more year to, to get something out of him. Rob, do you doubt my sources? No. <laughs> I'm, don't take sources. it personally. I, I, I'm more, this ain't, this, is, this ain't business. This is personal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do me a favor. Pull up the Eagles roster right now. If you can on your computer uh, on the receiving core. Let's 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 look at this. Real All right, quick. I'm re- I, I got it. Okay, so who are we looking at? John Hightower, Greg Ward. Go, okay, so the obvious, the, the yeah. obvious first two: AJ Brown and and Locks, uh, and Devontae so Locks. Okay, Quez so Watkins, Lock, Lock. That's three. Zach Pascal, four. Yep. Lock, Lock. Pascal's a lock. Here's what it comes down to, right? Yep. Hightower, Ward. Yep. Rager, right? Would you guys agree? I say them in that um, order, and that's I, how they make they make the team. High Tower, Rager, and two guys that are like um, outliers that might be able to make it. Mm. Uh, Devin Allen, just because he's a world class sprinter. Is that the dude uh, that's a little receiver? No, no, that's, no Devin that's Allen, the, the, the sprinter from Oregon. Kobe. All right, this Kobe's kid, Kobe. Bring Kobe. I've been hearing nothing. Cam Darling. Yeah. Yes, I've heard nothing but great things about this kid about how quick he is, and he catches everything in sight. And it was. Don't be surprised if he makes the team. I'm like, what? Don't be surprised if he makes the team. I said, okay. Nobody's talking about Jalen Rager. Nobody. But I'm just saying, Britton Covey, I, I, he's small. Number one. Let me see. Yes. I, I think he's like 5'8". Five, yeah. eight. Five, eight, 180. He's a, I, he's a smaller dude. Well, like, I, I, let yeah. me just address that. So I see Jeremiah say it's not about admitting mistakes. He drafted Smitty and got AJ. Yeah, I, I get that, Jeremiah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not – this is not me – saying I want Rager here, okay? Let's be really clear. I'm just saying I know how organizations think and how they operate. I hope they do the right thing and and choose the best guy. Believe me, I do. There you go. That that right thing, choose the right thing. That Do the right thing. That's that's one of the, you know, things that, you know, that burns me up because they never do the right thing. I know. I hope they do. Look, I hope this is different. I really do. Here's the only thing Jalen Rager can catch. The next train out of town. That's it. (laughs) That's the only thing he can catch. 
I I just I got to tell you, man. <laughs> Look at Barry. When he, Barry, no, I'm telling the truth. When he showed up, <laughs> oh my goodness. When he failed a physical his rookie year, I, like I was done. I was already done there. Like that's how. This is your livelihood, man. You're, you're a receiver. A you're you're I can a receiver. You're an old lineman. Yeah, and you're not established, man. I'm not even right. saying that's right if you're established to, to show up out of shape. But come on, dude. Like, how, Do you really now, care? I will say this about Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager never had – look who the quarterbacks that were throwing him the ball since he's been here. He never had the opportunity to catch nearly as many passes as a Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has bombs away, you know um, – you know, quarterback in Minnesota throwing him the ball. You know, Minnesota throws the ball like what 600 times a year. When you look at the receivers they have, Rager never had that chance. And, and you know, look at who was throwing them the ball last year. You know, a guy who's learning as he goes along, trying to find his way in Jalen Hurts. Now, Derek, so, I would counter that. I mean, Devontae Smith was a rookie and he had 64 catches for 916 yards. Yeah, but you know what? That was that was a Jalen Hurts safety valve. They were boys in college. Okay, that was his safety vet. That was his, you know, Linus had his blanket. The peanut gang's Linus had his blanket. That was that was Jalen Hurst's blanket, Devontae uh, Smith. Okay, Jalen Rager, once he dropped a few balls, all of a sudden he fell by the wayside. Jalen Rager is not making this team unless they put him on the practice squad. That's it. Wow. wow. That's, that's, okay. being that's being bullish. That's being bullish. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I mean, I... I, I... I said the same thing, but you know, I've been wrong a lot because I mean, I said Carson, there's no way they're gonna uh take a, a, a $34 million cap hit and this guy not be on the roster. I right. said that would never happen. No team has ever, ever cut a cut a guy and just just gave up $34 million. You know, and I thought that would never happen. Well, it happened, so I was wrong there. I was gonna be bullish about Jalen Rager not being on this uh being on this he's, him being on this team because mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he's a first-round pick. He's going into his third year, and they have to keep him on the squad. I mean, they, to me, they, they, they're they not going to put egg on their face, you know what I'm saying, because of, you know, they made the wrong pick in Jalen Rager as opposed to having um, – what's the name that went to Minnesota? So, Jefferson. I'm saying this. That, that can't possibly happen. He will be on the squad, bro. I keep hearing about this kid, Combi. He could be the next Julian Edelman, uh, Cole Beasley type receiver. That's what I keep hearing about this he's kid. Not, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's you look, not as stout as five eight one seven. Yeah, th- those guys are strong. I, they're not as. T- I mean, they're all like the same height, but he, okay, those dudes were were stronger Fair. than. Okay, yeah, yeah but what were they looking at? What were they coming out of college? They built themselves up. Maybe, yeah. yeah look, I, I built himself up. He's an incredible kick returner. Uh, like I watched the guy return a lot of kicks. Yeah, he did the Rose Bowl, I think twice. But he's hold so on, hard, hold on, hold on. What? what? Read the stream, man. Now what? Barrett, maybe Ray can hold the clipboard. Oh, that's cold. That's colder than anything I've said. That's cold blooded. Cold blood. Kevin Savard's on fire right now, man. Yo, that's yo. Cold blood. Wow. Hold a clipboard. Oh, man. Come on, man. That's You're not going to have a first round pick standing on the sideline holding a clipboard. No, unless he's either going to be gone or, or on the yeah. on the team. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, the, here's the thing that also hurts Rager. Yo, that was good. That was he's good. not a good special teams player. No, no, and yeah. that, that's the problem right there. That's, that's how the you survive. Thing. That's yeah, how exactly. JJ Arthur Whiteside survived. Yes, exactly. That's a, well, he plays great special teams and he can block. He regular doesn't block. Mm-mm. He sucks at special teams. He sucks at receiver. What would be his purpose here? 
He's a first round draft choice. Okay. And I, I also think he needs a change of scenery. Yeah. It would do, like, do like him Nelson good Aguilar. Anywhere. Yeah. Like I'm sure they like tried Nelson to trade Aguilar. him and, yeah. and teams just weren't willing to eat that, you know, his money for, for the production he's given the first two years. I'm right, sure. Right. right. So I, I, I look, Derek, I, I'm not, maybe the, the trading of Brown is the admission that we needed to say, Hey, we get it. He's, he can't play. Maybe, maybe that was, that was our first sign that this is going to happen the way you're laying it out. So I'm not completely discounting it. I'm just saying usually, and it's not just the Eagles. Usually organizations hate admitting this mistake this quickly. That's yes. Unless, unless, unless Jalen Rager has this all world training camp come August, his possibilities um, of making this team a slim, slimmer, slimmest. <laughs> I'm just Fair telling enough. it like it is. Hey, you're being Bear. really clear, man. Uh, listen, I hear you. Bear, I hear you. Do I, I know your sources too, and I talk yes. to your sources. Yes, Bear. I talk to, it, I talk to all, and, all of your sources. And yeah. do and have you ever known me to put something out there unless I I, I have confidence in what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. And remember, I, I talk to your sources also. Yes, I talked to I talked to a couple of them, and they're virtually saying the same thing. I just, yes. but the guy, the one guy I didn't hear from, right, was Harry Roseman. So till I hear from Howie, I mean it's Howie's going to have to eat crow on this one, you know. And and here's the funny. Now here's the weird dynamic about this: if Howie cuts Jalen Rager, people will stand up and give him a standing ovation for doing it. Yeah, you know, most people will say, "How do you cut a first round draft pick after a couple of seasons?" You look at look at the stream right now in our chat, and that's the sentiment of the general public on social media and the Eagles fan base: cut them now, get rid of them, let them go. We we you know we've seen enough. I think Jeremiah Butler, come on, man. They Look. bring God in this too. Lord God. Well, no, <laughs> come, on, come on, Jeremiah. You Jeremiah guys, I think, uh, Barry, make a good point. Like, I don't think – this is where I think organizations make mistakes. Because you talk to any fan, they would much rather you admit the mistake and move on instead of compounding the mistake. Like, I think they any fan would say – yeah, we screwed it up with the draft, but at least you're not force feeding this guy, you know, and taking yep. up a roster spot when he doesn't deserve it. That's where I think organizations make the mistake, Barrett. They they still think that they have to justify it to the world, where the fan base is saying, well, "Dude, we're, we're not going to kill you for cutting the guy. We'll kill right. you for taking him." But right. you know, you're making the right move by getting rid of him. We 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 don't we don't mind we don't mind that uh that you know we minded you made the mistake, but we're not going to mind if you let him go because we know you admit the mistake. Now we can move on. But yeah. if you continue to patronize us with him being on this squad, we're going to be pissed. But I think that's also where, and this goes back to Derek's point, like if he absolutely stinks in camp, and I don't know how much we're going to see in preseason games, who knows what that even looks like anymore. But, you know, then I think you don't have any choice. If it's if, if Hightower isn't separating from the others or one of these other guys that right, we just talked right. about, then he might survive just by default almost. I, when, when, have you, when have you seen Jalen Rager separate from anything? Never. Okay. Never. Okay. Never. Yeah, I know. I'm I, I, I listen. I, all right. I, well, this if, is going to be a, a, one to keep a close monitor see, on. Yeah, because well, I'm saying, though, know, he doesn't even run gadget plays right. And that was supposed no. to be no. his stick. No. He was supposed to be a guy that if you, once he gets the ball in his hands, that's when the joystick takes over and he starts playing. He when he gets the ball in his hand, that's when he's gonna, you know, be the guy that's gonna break free. Or I, I haven't even seen right. that from no. him. Yes. I, Barrett, let, they let, wanted let me to ask you like this. Let yeah. me ask you like this. It's third and long. Game is on the line. Final drive of the game. Is your primary option Jalen Rager on a third and long situation? You need a big catch for first down? No. no. Do you want to see him back there fielding punts? Haven't we seen enough of that? 
No. Right. We don't want to see that either. Do you want to see him running jet sweeps? No. We tried to see that too. We haven't seen that either. Okay. What's his purpose then? No, there is they, they thought he was going to be an all-purpose receiver. They I think they wanted to use him. I'm not comparing them, but I think they wanted to use him like the 49ers use Samuel. Yep. Or like the Percy Harvin used to be used back in the day as, as yep. sort of the jet sweep guy or receiver. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Because he was like that in college. He was like that in college. I remember I did um I wrote an article on him saying that he's the other guy in the Big 12. He showed the ability to return kicks. Uh, once he got the ball in his hands, he was explosive. He was fast. All this, you know, I saw all this talent, and I'm like, oh, there is a reason he's not a good receiver because he has busted quarterback. He had the worst quarterbacks in the Big 12 when he was at, uh, at TCU. Yeah. Yo, Mr. Taz is cold-blooded. He separates from the ball, D-Gun. <laughs> <laughs> His hands go blooded. Yeah, his hands separate from the ball very well. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. That was pretty good there. That's cold blooded, man. That, that was a Philly segment that turned into an Eagle segment. That was, wow. that was kind of it was kind of cool the way that happened. Wow. It's just just metamorphosis Look, right I'm, there. I'm just trying to keep it real. Look, I wish the young man well. I hope he I hope it's similar to a Nelson Aguilar in the sense that Nelson needed to get away from the Eagles. Once Nelson got away from here, he was a he much grew. better player. With with yep. the Raiders and in New England, um, and maybe that's what that's that's what Rager needs to do. He needs to relocate and get a fresh start somewhere, in a in a place where the pressure is not on him as much as it is here, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not and a lot everything. of people can play here. Yeah, not a lot of people can no, play here. No, you, you got to be thick skin. Yeah, or you just got to be great. So you can't One be two. you can't be sensitive like Barrett. You got to be thick skin. <laughs> I was too damn sensitive here. I had to get the hell out of here. They kept trying to bring people in to, to take my position. I'd fight them off until they brought the they brought that man here. Once they brought that man here, bro. Hey, Andy Reid called what Andy Reid called you said, Hey B Brooks, uh we're going you, a different direction. You just don't fit our system. We're gonna send you to Detroit. That's <laughs> like sending you to Siberia, sending you to Detroit. Hey, he at least he lined a gig up for him. He did. Right, right, right. You know, right. he did. It didn't turn out that way though. I, I'm sitting there, I'm going to office. I'm like yeah, man. Um, I, I, I'll give you guys the, the, you know, the hometown discount. I want to play here. And then he said, um, no, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but um, we're going a different direction. But I, I mean, you'll be That's okay. Cool. I'm, 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 se- I'm sending you to Detroit. I'm Detroit. You to Detroit. Detroit. I'm not Coach going to Detroit. I'm, a, I'm a free agent. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. I know where I want to go. I ain't going to no Detroit. Well, two weeks later, when I signed that contract to Detroit, I was very, very happy that he made the call for me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Coach, couldn't you send me to Florida, California, Arizona? I never passed the Mason-Dixie line. I I never passed the Mason-Dixie line, man. Wow. All right, so uh, let's step aside here. We come back. I got something for you guys, a little uh, story on James Harden, which we'll we'll dig into that. Uh, We will dig into uh, ranking the Eagles' best positions, position groups, I should say. We're going to rank them. When we get back as well, uh, a little bit later, we're going to be joined by Trey Burton. He of the Philly special and Scott Fransky coming up at two 30. So you don't want to go anywhere. We got a lot more in store. We'll keep the Eagles talk rolling as well. So we'll do a little Sixers, little Eagles in the next segment, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. All right. Finances people. We know it's rough, man. It is rough out in those streets right now. And you got to know the right person to trust with your finances because I, I was lost for a while and I found the right person and I want to help you as well. It's Jim Murray from Principal Financial Group, and he can help you with anything across the board that you're not sure about. 
with your financial future. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're not sure how to set up your employee benefits. That's a resource that Jim can assist you with as well. He's been great for me. He's been great explaining things. I am no stock market expert. I am no financial expert, but he's helped me understand these things and what I'm investing in and what the best way to go is and when to get off of something, when to get onto something, you name it. I've entrusted my IRA with him, my 401k rollover, and I couldn't be happier. And you will be too. Trust me. Just give him a call. 610-996-4751. That's 610-996-4751. Just drop him an email. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, we are back. Hour number two. Welcome in Sports Take, Chip Sports YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, 
Rob Ellis. All right. So I, I want to read this, uh, this report, this story uh, on Bleacher Report from Jake Fisher. Headline, latest NBA intel. Sources say James Harden will sign short-term extension with Sixers. Uh, they're two weeks away from free agency, which starts June 30th at 6 p.m. All signs point towards James Harden returning to the Sixers on a shorter term contract extension. League sources tell BR Bleacher Report. Uh, Harden and Sixers leadership are aligned on one clear directive, sources said. The franchise's best opportunity to compete for a championship starring Joel Embiid, as well as Harden's optimal opportunity to earn his first ring, reside with Harden playing in Philadelphia in the foreseeable future. To do so, um, he would have to – the way this is going to work, guys, Sixers ownership has been hesitant to give Harden a, a full four-year maximum contract extension. Um, so it looks like he'll opt in to the 47, and there might be two years added onto that at a bit of a discount. Now, how long have I been telling you guys this is exactly what was going to happen? This is exactly the way this is going to play out. If they are going to, to claim that they're getting on some cut rate, some cheaper deal, and he's fully healthy, and he'll have a whole offseason to prepare playing with Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers and all that. This is to a T what I thought was going to happen, and here's the first report being put out there. Again, it's You're a report. trying to soften it up for us? Well, that's exactly what this is. You're going to see more of this. More of this is going to be coming. Like, we talked to Keith Pompey yesterday, and, and I love Keith. All due respect, Keith didn't think they were going to extend him. I absolutely thought they were going to extend him. So I'm not surprised. I'm not saying this is definitely happening. I'm just telling you. This is the first one of these that we're seeing now, which is, you know, we're two weeks away. Just keep your eye on this. So I you're saying like it doesn't make – there's no way this makes sense from a, from the standpoint that he he can help this team to, to a championship. Can you, do you think there's any way that um, he becomes more explosive this year than he was last year? I mean, Barrett, could, could he have been still – not 100% with the hamstring, yes. I, yeah. I, I believe that. Um, I think he's lost a couple of steps. I think he's become uh, – Not a step, but a couple. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good there. I yeah, like that. I, I think he's a facilitator now. Um, I don't think he's that – I don't think he's Robin anymore to Batman, you know, when beats Batman. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to see a 30-something million dollar deal after his $47 million this year. I, I just I, – I, is there anybody right now that you say is a, a a thirty million dollar point guard as a facilitator? Are we overpaying for a facilitator, or is this or is this right where facil facilitators are? Well, I, I mean, it, it's kind of it's I think it's along the lines of what um, Chris Paul's getting, but you know, in fairness to Chris Paul, he's like five years older than Harden. You know, he should be further gone. You're you're muted again, there. Yeah, Chris Paul's thirty seven. You yeah. know. Um, but but why can't he just focus on the one year? $47 million for one year? I mean, think about that. $47 million. And then you're talking about adding an additional two years behind that at a so-called, quote, discount. I think your franchise player said it best this offseason. If you're expecting that James Harden from Houston, that guy doesn't exist anymore. That's the James Harden you need to get over the hump because James Harden in his current yes. state ah, da, da. is not good enough to help get this team past the likes of Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami. Yeah, it's not, you know what? It's I, not, I'm I, I'm 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 gonna take a little bit of the uh, devil's advocate in saying this. If he plays, if he plays like he plays in the first, the first and second quarter, first and second quarter is where he gives his juice. 
Mm-hmm. If he plays like that in the third and fourth, I mean, we maybe have a complete player then. Because, I mean, I, I saw times where, you know, him being facilitated, it worked out because he played, I guess, harder in the first half than he does in the second half. Right. I know that's that's stupid, but, I mean, that's just just the, you know, the, the, the common thread of each game that he balls out in the first quarter. Then after that, he fades in the rest of the game. And then he's non-existent in the fourth quarter. Well, I need you in the fourth quarter. How can we get that James Harden from the first quarter to make it to the fourth quarter? I don't know. But, I mean, I, I think that he can be – I I think he can be enough. I think he can be enough. I, 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 I don't, Barrett. I, I, look, I, I, I think part of the reason you don't see as much in the later in the game is he's out of gas. Uh, you know, and I don't know, being a year older, that that's going to change. I, I just uh, – I, I don't think you're that much better. Uh, you know, and the other part of the, the story, just for what it's worth, uh, mm. they're looking to ship. They're looking to move a couple of pieces here. They're, they're looking to trade Danny Green with it with a $10 million option. Their first round pick of Matisse Thibel to try and help, you know, get more talent in here, which I'm fine with like all of right, those right, scenarios right. I'm good with, but it just, it just, my sense is man, you're spinning your wheels here. You're almost running this thing back with a couple of the different additions, and it, and it it gets you to the same place. It's just the way well, I feel about it. We should have we should have traded Bible when uh when we, when we traded for Harden. Man. Yeah, you, he had he had way greater value then. Yeah, because we were thinking he was untouchable then. Uh, little did we know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I could live with Harden score slash facilitator if he's facilitating to a better nucleus around him. But that makes his, sense, yes. But in his current state, you need James Harden to score more so than the facilitator. But like Barry said, I don't want James Harden who scores in the first half and all of a sudden he's in a witness protection program in the second half. <laughs> you know, we don't need right. that's not the James Harden we need. But if they make this roster around him better, more options, a deeper a deeper array of shooters I can live with that James Harden facilitating because he's getting more people involved in the game. Right. Um, but if the roster doesn't improve much and they go to war this season with James Harden and Joel and B as your one and one, a players and not much else around them other than Tobias, I got a problem with that for you paying for somebody $47 million for that type of player. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like you, you really don't have much of a choice if he opts in this year, I'm, you're stuck with it. And if they if, if this turns out that the uh, the next two years are for like twenty million, I mean, could I live with that? Sure, I, that 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 sounds reasonable to me. I get a sense this thing's going to be in the thirties those next two years, yes. or or yep. somewhere around there. Yep. And this is where I just I just feel like the the GM can't look at him objectively no. because that's his guy. Still, way too much paying him in the thirties is way too much. What is he? Thirty two now? Thirty one? Thirty? Yeah, I think he's thirty two. Uh, I'll pull it. That's up. still that's still way too much. Still way too uh, Yeah, I, I mean, that's just you know, we everything's all everything's relative these days, man. I mean, um, what yeah, I, I, Barrett, you're right. Everybody's everything's everybody's relative, man. Yeah, it I is. Mean, everybody is that. But see, you look at Tobias Harris. I thought they were trying to move Tobias. Now I would rather move Tobias right now and get more because he showed more in the playoffs. But if 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 I'm a if if, if I'm going to move Tobias, I need a two for one. I need two players that can come in here and help me, you know, on the offensive and defensive side. Now, obviously, Tobias is not 
a player that can command that type of, but it, if I, I need right now, I need Tobias. You know, say what you want to say about him. He does play right. with he does play with heart. He you know he may not In be the playoffs. There. He did yes. He plays with heart. He can light it up. He can score twenty in any given moment. He can score high twenties in any given moment. I need a two for one if I'm going to move Tobias. Moving Tobias for just one player is not making this team better. Right. right. Unless you You're get right. a unless you get a perennial all star, and nobody's trading a perennial all star for Tobias Harris. Yeah, so, I mean, Gunner, it may you may have to. I I think you're going to if there's any of these deals are made, some of them you're going to have to have a third team involved, just, yeah, just to, yeah. from the money because of what Tobias yeah. is making. So, it's on a- I I don't feel like this is a great start. <laughs> it just doesn't feel. I, I, what's the draft a week away, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, it doesn't even feel like it. You know. Well, well, Tobias did show us a little defense also, and he'll rebound. Look, I. I the yes. shame of it is, if Tobias was making like twenty three or twenty two, yeah, like, eh, all right, thirty mm-hmm. seven, yeah, Yeesh. yeah, yeah. Well, what, I hear it. Man, I, I mean, I, and that's 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 kind of where I am right now because I don't want I don't want to get, I don't want to get all worked up right now because I think this roster is going to look basically the same as it looked last year. I hate to say that, uh, but I agree. You know, I agree. Well, but, but also, look, if if. Daryl Morey is going to earn his money and, and, and his reputation that precedes him as being a genius. Then let's see it, man. You're in a tough spot. You know, you've been, you've been painted into a corner in some ways, but so let's see it. When you let's look at this roster, you don't have enough appealing pieces to other teams to make a trade of any significance. That's what concerns me the most. You're not trading Harden. You're not trading Embiid. Now look at the rest of the roster. What do you have on this roster that's that people are salivating about elsewhere in the league? Nothing. No. You have a bunch of decent role players, Danny Green, Tobias, and then you have a, a, a bunch of iffy players, Niang. What are you going to get for him? <laughs> so how are you going to make this roster that much better? Yeah. Well, I, the only thing I would say is, in fairness, we didn't think he'd be able to unload Horford, right? And that yeah. was a lot of money. We didn't. Yeah. He did draft Tyrese Maxey. You know, I'm just, I have to give myself a little bit of hope that he can somehow wiggle out of this thing just because he's such a creative general manager. But I have my doubts like you do. I I do. It says another thing. I don't want to trade Maxey. I don't want, I I don't want to trade Maxey at all. Nor do I. I I, I apologize, you guys. You guys cussed me out yesterday about saying that. But yeah, but trade Maxey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just. Cracking a joke, bro. Well, but Barry, what what is it? Okay, if you're moving him, I'm not just like it turns into like he becomes a sweetener in in taking Tobias Harris's contract. Mm. Like we're way beyond that with him. You have to get massive return for him if you're trading Maxi. Yeah, like what are you talking about? Like who? Like a sign and trade with Beal? Like you talking about something like that? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I just you know I I worry about Beal staying on the court. Guy misses a lot of time. And he plays it, no defense. It doesn't play any defense. And it's already a bad defensive team other than Embiid. So, it, yeah, it's tough, man. They're, like, they're in a tough spot, but we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll continue to monitor this thing, and maybe this is just the beginning of, you know, maybe this stuff's just being floated out there right now, and there could be something else happening. All right. So, uh, Eagle standpoint, guys, I thought this this is a fun and, exercise. And, and, one, one more thing. And I'm, I'm throwing out there again, Donovan Mitchell. You don't say that – you don't think that he would be a guy that you could uh... – 
you would think about Ty, um, Maxi and and, and for him? I think about that. Yeah, I mean that's what I threw out yesterday. I, Donovan Mitchell, and I, um, I would think about Mitchell. I would think about that. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Him, him, Harden, could they coexist? Yeah, you you get a Donovan Mitchell. That's one of those exceptions to the rules. Where I've got to look at that real hard. Yeah, and real close. Um, but only if it's a Donovan Mitchell type player. That's why I I don't like the term untouchable because everybody's touchable and you right, know yeah, in, right. in some way shape or form so i i can't i'm never going to just close the book on it i i would yeah barrett i would think about that i would okay. depends on, on what it would be he's still young enough you're but the the problem you do run into it's kind of a beal thing too all of a sudden now yeah and how does he coexist with harden too but the, donovan mitchell's not a great defender either mm. but uh, maybe you just say screw it we're going to try and score 120 points every night I, I don't know if you can live that way but you could try it at least uh, <laughs> well, they're starting to do it now. <laughs> it took a while. Um, all right. So uh, to the Eagles and uh, Barrett brought this up in our pre-show, which I, I love um, ranking position groups and who, you know, from best to, well, I mean, we do like the top five, whatever the best five are. Um, but it's interesting when you look at like, to me, once you get past the first group, then it gets, there's debate there. And, and you're debating certain positions. We we haven't debated with the Eagles in a long time. So, I, I mean, look, I, I think we would probably all agree that offensive line would, would fall into, into the first spot. Would you guys agree with that? Number Kirk? one, totally. Yeah, Not, I think they're yeah. the best offensive line in the NFL. I, I've said that. I've been on record saying that. The best offensive line in the NFL right now. Yeah. The so best. That, to me, that part of it is 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 fascinating because – the depth that they have, even with a guy like Dillard, who's still here, it's crazy. I mean, teams don't have star. They have maybe a better second unit in a lot of places than, than teams have as starters Yep. in their place. That's how deep they are at offensive. And they have the best coach in the league at that position. So, you know, the, the offensive line just destroys any other team no collectively. In the collectively and, 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 and depth-wise also. Yeah. They can go too deep. Yep, offensive line was number one on my my list, uh, hands down, because of the because of the versatility. And when one guy falls by the wayside, you look at so many teams when they lose a starter, there's a significant drop off in a replacement. Not with this group, you know, and it and it starts with the guy who 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 coaches them up Stout. in Jeff Stoutman, one of the best in the game, if not the best, in terms of making his guys uh, more versatile. Uh, and ready to play at any given position at any given time. Um, and, 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 you know, you look at some of the guys that he has and you're thinking, would these guys be able to survive and thrive in other teams' environments? I think that some of these guys will get lost in the shuffle. Um, but here, they're viable because of the way they're taught. You yep. know, you come in here, and even a kid they just drafted Jurgens, you know, he's we, we assume he's going to be the heir apparent to, to Kelsey, but – they're also training him to be a guard as well in this league. And you never know when he may have to step in. Now, they're, they're deep in guard right now, but you just never know uh, when he might have to step in and play either, either one of the guard spots. And, you know, again, that's kudos to the guy who, who, who takes who takes uh, pride in what he does in terms of co- coaching up offensive linemen and stout. Yeah, you look at Jay Couch. He, that's exactly what he said. He said, yeah. Herbig should have never been let go. Well, they can afford to let Herbert go simply because yep. they have guys sitting back that are just waiting to, you know, Coyote Awusuke. Yep. I mean, yep. 
he's just as good as a starter. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Opeta, just as good as a starter. Yep. So, you yep. know, they have so much depth. Driscoll. Um, yep. He I, can play guard and tackle. How, how much better they get. Like, we always talk about the draft and develop, and the, and the second D is often overlooked, but the developmental yes. part is. I mean, just, I mean, Jordan Mailata, is there a better example? The guy never played football. Yeah, and, some... and he's he's a premier starting left tackle in the NFL now. Just That's signed a crazy. sixty million dollar contract. Yeah. yeah, and you know we were the thing about when they first drafted him in the seventh round, we're thinking, what is Howie Roseman doing here? Yeah, but see, at that time, they had enough depth on that line that they could they could have a project and not hurt the continuity of what they were doing along the offensive line, and they were patient with him. And look at him now. He's 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 being mentioned as one of the best left tackles in the game now. Yep. On top oh, of that, on top of that, think about the way they've been able to overcome injuries. Yep. Go back to the Super Bowl year. Yeah. Jason Peters goes down. Big V steps in, right? Yep. And, and and plays great. Um Signed last a fifty year, million dollar contract with Detroit. Detroit. He got paid. Detroit. Yep. Um on top of that, even even last year, we talk about man, the Eagles were really fortunate if they didn't have any injuries. Well, they had some injuries. I mean, they lost Brandon Brooks, which yeah, you know, that was huge. Was a big deal, right? And it, it, and Lane wasn't there in the beginning. Lane yep. was dealing with his, you know, mental health and all those kind of things. But you know, you still were able to just plug guys in. I mean, all of a sudden Dickerson is ready to go. You know, part of that yeah. is he's a talented guy, but part of that is they had him ready to go, and, yeah. and they were able to plug guys in, and it and it still worked. And emerge as the top rushing offense in the National Football League with a patched up offensive line. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? Like, you know, um, I talked about on my show yesterday. This may be the last time this coaching staff is a complete coaching staff, you know, from, from mm. the year before. Because at this point, you know, I'm looking at the stream. What if Stoutland does leave or he wants to go? You know, I mean, I know he's not going to go back to Alabama now because actually my my uh, my left guard when I played uh, – a guy played <laughs> next to me when I was in college was Eric Wolford. He's now the offensive line coach <laughs> in Alabama right now. So, you know, at least that job is is is, um, is, is covered right now. But <laughs> there were talks that he might have left last year right. uh, and went back to Alabama. <laughs> so, I mean, if imagine that. What if Coach Stoutland was the lead? Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to imagine that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, the, the the stream said. Can they I just stay like nah, 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 Don't tell <laughs> me those kind of things. <laughs> they said I want to sign up to a lifetime contract. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I, I, I would. I would. Hire, I would sign Stoutland to the highest contract ever for an offensive line coach in the history of pro football. Exactly. I, amen. I. I. Mm. The. I think the the thing the Eagles have going for them is. I don't think he wants the aggravation of, of being a head coach or maybe even being a coordinator. True. I, I, True. I think he's like, I'm making a pretty good living. You know, he's I, happy I, doing I, what he's doing. Yeah, I'm yeah. having fun. And I, I don't I see what those guys have to deal with with the media and everything else. I, I kind of think he's he's got a little bit of that Jim Johnson in him. Jim Johnson yeah. didn't want to be a head coach. He could have. No, no. He didn't want the headache. So yeah. I'm surprised Stoutland didn't leave and go with Doug Peterson down to Jacksonville. Right. You know, because they have such a close relationship. But maybe it was under contract and Eagles weren't going to let him out of his contract. That's exactly I wouldn't, what it is. You know. I wouldn't let him go. I'd give him a bump and I wouldn't let him go. I'd make sure yeah. he's happy, but you're yep. staying here, my man. All right. Well, I mean, so, there, there it is, you know. So, I mean, if he was the lead, the back, uh, the, the assistant um, officer line coach, man, they probably just give it to him. Uh, Roy, um, was it Isvin? I-S-T? Yeah. Isvin? Yeah. If Roy Isvin 
you know, became the guy. I mean, I, I, I he's going to teach the exact same way Stoutland does. Right. But then I'd have to leave you guys because I'd be the, his assistant. <laughs> you can, do, you can call it just do the show during practice. Matt. Yeah, I'm, Would you, I'm, I'm applying right then and there. Barrett, I don't ever see you coaching in the NFL. Why is that? Because you have too many other things that you like to do that would interfere with coaching in the NFL. You're right. I don't see you getting up at 5 a.m., getting to the office, studying film, practicing, going through film sessions after practice, and getting home at 9 or 10 o'clock at night every day. I think that would eat away at your livelihood, and, and, and it would eat away at your personality in the long run. I couldn't go fishing. I couldn't nope. go boating. I couldn't, couldn't work on your motorcycles. Couldn't work on your cars. Couldn't work on your boat. Oh, oh, about- yeah. You're right. You're stuck with me, guys. Yeah, it's done. That's done. It didn't take much, but that's you're done. Stuck with me. <laughs> Dang it. Dang Good it. job, Derek. You laid that out well. Yes. Dang it. All right. So I'm not, I won't jump on the next one. I could be as I, I debated. I have to admit, I debated a little bit on this, on what is second after I, offensive line is pretty easy, but what's number two? I'll start with you, Barrett. What, what do you rank as two? I have to go cornerback. Cornerback's mm. my number two. Just from the three guys that are starting right now, I think they have the the best. They have the second best um, meeting room right now with Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox. Mm. They don't go much deeper after that. I mean, McPherson's probably in the mix, you know those guys. But I, I, I'm I'm really enamored at uh, it, what what those three guys can do. What they'll be able to do this year from a uh, from from you know lining up against number one, number two, and number three receivers. All right. I, I think that's a, a really interesting case. And I didn't think we would be able to make that statement right. uh, two months ago, <laughs> whatever it was. You know, I, I, I'm thinking linebacker. Uh, uh, maybe not. Um, and actually, you could say that about another position, which we'll get to. But back, uh, what would you go, uh, Gunner? Who's your uh, I would have to say defensive line. I think is the second strongest spot on this team. When you look at the wealth of talent, and potential they have at the D tackle position that rotation Milton Williams and draft Jordan Davis, and of course you have two pro, pro bowlers and Hargrave and Fletcher Cox in the middle. Then you look on the edges, you got Brandon Graham coming back, you got uh, Sweat on the other side along with, uh, hopefully he reduces his penalty count in in Derek Barnett. Um, I just like that rotation. You got D tackles that can move to the outside and rush from the edge. You got D, defensive ends they they will put in the middle and attack from the middle. I think that's the second strongest spot on this team. Huh? Uh, I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. I and I didn't. Uh, um, you know, if we said this last year, this is a team that was <clears throat> had the second fewest sacks in the NFL. Right? It's crazy. But adding Davis, um, getting Brandon back, I think is gigantic. I think Fletcher Cox will be more motivated yep. because it's essentially a one year deal. Hargrave's essentially on a one year deal. Um, I, I think you're going to see these guys show up. I'm a firm believer in Hassan Reddick in, in his ability to get, and I'm going to call him a defensive lineman for for this purpose, getting to the ball, getting to the quarterback. Excuse me. I think for all those reasons, and I think they're going to be really good against the run too, which we probably yeah, don't talk yeah. about or focus yeah, on. With that especially much. with that 50 front, they're going to run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Barrett, I think they're going to keep. I know they did it last year too, but I think they're going to have the ability if if Jonathan Gannon does this right to really keep teams off balance, and you're not sure yeah, exactly yeah, what you're going to yeah. be seeing. And not to mention. The rotation, you could throw a lot of fresh, you know, arms at, so to speak, to use a yes. baseball vernacular. Yeah, that, and that's one of the biggest things that, they, that Jim Schwartz loved about the 17 team is you could throw a lot of different bodies at them. Good so player. I I like this defensive line a lot. I'm 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 excited to see what they're going to be able to do this year, man. And I know a lot of it come, falls on the coach, but I think the talent's there for sure. For well, who are you gonna who's your second team? No, it is it is D line. 
Oh, is D line yeah. too? Yeah, I, yeah, I concur with the D line. So I I, I would go O O line D line right now. Yep. So let let's transition into our third. Derek, you get the uh, first crack at three. I really struggled with this one. I was torn between two positions. Um, I'm torn. I was torn between wide receiver and linebacker. Um, and the reason it was hard to make a decision is, well, you have AJ Brown, but will he be a thousand yard receiver with Jalen Hurts throwing him the football? When I looked at the linebacking spot, you have Hassan Reddick, you have Kazir White, you have N'Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. But my concern, my concern is, how is Jonathan Gannon going to deploy them? So there's two big question marks. So when I push came to shove, I'd lean more towards linebacker than wide receiver, because we know Devontae Smith is a proven commodity. We know what AJ Brown's resume states. Beyond that, there's a lot of potential, but there's a big question mark. Will Quez Watkins? Take his name to the next level. Where's John Hightower fit into the scheme of things? We discussed this earlier in the show. Who rounds out? How much How much will Pascal? You know, we know Pascal is Sirianni's boy. But again, you have an unproven commodity trying to get him the ball. Will he be able to go through his progressions with all these different pass catchers and, make it, and keep everybody happy? When I look at the linebacking spot, if you just put Reddick here, if you put Kazir over here, and whatever you decide to do in the middle, whether it's T.J. Edwards or Nicobe Dean, I feel much better about that unit than I do uh, with what could possibly happen in the wide receiving position. And I do believe the wide receiving position has the ability to be talked about across the league all season long. But I still, until I can see him do it, I have my concerns about the guy who's who's th- who's playing pitch and catch with these wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh I I put I put wide receivers my number my number okay. three. Okay, all right. Um, like I said, cornerback. You know, I'm, I'm they're number two. Wide receivers number three, just because they're so deep. And, yeah. and like I say, my days of question Jalen Hurts' ability to go out. There. I, I just need to see it right now. Right. But you, what you have, man, in AJ Brown, you got a guy that's constantly out there that you have to put defensive attention on. Yes, it's going to bring coverage to him. That means you have really good guys like Devontae Smith that would be running wide open. And it shouldn't be that hard to get the ball to him. It shouldn't be that hard to get the ball to a, a wide open um, Goddard. You know, it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be hard to get the ball to those guys. So A.J. Brown just dictates coverage. And where he is, exactly where the defense is going to be, and they're going to look to stop him. So it's going to open up the other wide receivers. I'm looking at, you know, Quez, Quez just having a breakout season. Because you can't afford um, much coverage help with him going over the top. You can't have a safety over the top of him because they're going to be looking to stop AJ Brown. So I think that you know just the the, the mixture that Zach Pascal is going to go nuts in the slot position. He's going to go nuts in the slot position because you can't you can't think that you're going to put a, a linebacker on him or a safety and think that you know he he can't beat those guys one on one. He had an absolute fabulous uh, camp, man. He had a great camp, and 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 you know he you could just see that he fits in exactly what they want to do from an offensive uh, standpoint. All right, I, yeah, I I would uh, I would agree at receiver here um, because I think you have two Pro Bowlers. Honestly, I, like I think AJ Brown's already proven. I think Devontae is well on his way. 
So if you come out of the shoot with two starters who I think are pro bowlers and now there's some depth there um, and a guy who really knows the system, like the back of his hand and Pascal, I, I don't think he's going to have to, you know, it's not some big learning curve that he just steps in there. He's going to be really good. I think Watkins now with, with uh, Jalen another year under his belt to, to be able to figure out how to utilize him a little bit better. That's not a bad foursome, man. I, I, I'm not saying they're as good as other. I mean, you look at teams. Uh, we've talked about the Vikings a lot and some of the other teams that are loaded at receiver, but th- that's a good foursome that the Eagles are, are rolling out there. And then you throw Goddard in there. I know it's cheating a little bit because he's a tight end, but you know, you, if you if you play three wide out and you go Devonte, AJ, and Quez, and then Dallas Goddard's out there, that's a lot of options for that quarterback, man. I agree, I agree 100% yeah. with everything you're saying. I agree 100% with what, what both of you are saying. But it goes back to my bigger question. Can the quarterback go through his progressions and find the open receiver? Can he hit him in stride and not overthrow? I still have these visions of him overthrowing receivers wide open in the flats or underthrowing them. Can he, can he adapt to a rhythm offense, one, two, three, throw? Will he stay in the pocket a little bit longer to wait for some of these pass catchers to free up and not take off and run? See, and, and because of his his body of work, his limited body of work, these are, these are all viable questions. I got to see it first. Like Barrett just said, I got to see it first. Mm-hmm. I have my reservations about the quarterback, and I and, and I'm not knocking him, but this, this is just a fair a fair objective look at the quarterback position. And when you look at all the national pundits who have weighed in on Jalen Hurts, when you read the comments, they're split down the middle. One side, we believe that he can elevate this game. The other side, Jalen Hurts is a great athlete but will never be a great quarterback. So the, the, the opinions on him are split. And I believe that you could have 2,000-yard receivers in this offense if Jalen Hurts takes his game to the next level. But that word if when it comes to him is one of the biggest words in the dictionary right now. Because we we won't know. We won't know in training camp. We won't know in preseason. We won't know until he gets into the real real deal. And not just the first game coming out against Detroit, but we got, we got to look at this for over a series of three, four, five games to get a true analysis of, okay, how much Jalen Hurts has improved or has not improved. Yeah, I and mean, it's fair enough. I mean, it's – they can have all the talent in the world. If the quarterback can't deliver them the football, none of it matters, right? I mean, it, to even put the receivers where we're putting them is going under the assumption that the quarterback is going to play well. True. And, and it is a great unknown. It is. You're muted, back. And when you think about a team and building a team, why isn't the quarterback position number one mm-hmm. or at least, you know, top three? So there lies the problem. We we don't you know we don't think as highly at that point. You know it should have been he should have at least been in the top three. And right now he's not even in my top five. So. Right, exactly. And, and I'm not saying he's you know that he's not going to be a good quarterback. I'm not saying anything. It's right. just too many unknowns for it. You know. Yes. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I, you're right. You're right. I mean, agreed. Agreed. I think that's that. That it's you almost have to put an asterisk next to the receivers because they can't throw themselves the ball. No. So, right. No. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher. All right, so let's uh, move down to our uh, our fourth group. This is where I go corner. Um, you know, to throw Bradbury with Slay and have uh, Avante uh, on in the slot, you feel a lot better about your chances than you have Spoiled. in a long time. Yeah, spoiled. Yeah, with that group. I mean, yeah. that's a, that has the potential to be a really good cornerback group if Bradbury bounces back from what was a mediocre to bad year last year on a Giants team that was awful. Um, 
all of a sudden now, man, you're you're cooking here. I mean, with, with those three, and I I think that's that's a good bunch. It's a, I that's as good as I felt about the Eagles' corners going in in a long time than I can remember. So I I, I would put them. They would fall in after receiver for me at number. What do we at four? I bet be my my yeah. fourth. How well, about you? Uh, now, 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 now I get to the D line. That's where I got my D line at number four. The D line is um, just like you said, man. They have the ability to be very good, and if if, if Gannon uses them like I think he's going to use them, they're going to run a little more bare front, bare front meaning fifty front, meaning um, five essentially D linemen that are playing out there to stop the run. Um, the worst down the Eagles had last year was 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 first down. Teams would average like five to six yards on first down against them, which puts them graded in second and five, second and four, second and three, third and one. You know, when you when you when you're when you're a defense uh, defensive minded coach and you're trying to 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 put the heat on the third down, it's hard to put the heat on them when you're third and two, as opposed to being third and ten. So when you go out there in the 50 front, stop the run and still have corners out there if they do pass that you're comfortable with, that defensive line, man, could, could be very good for him, man. I mean, you put uh, Davis right over the nose. Then you got Hargrave and, and Cox on the, on, on the guards. Then on the outside, you might have BG on one side and then you have Reddick on the other side in a 50 front. That I mean, you're good to go as far as stopping guys on first down, which will give them a better opportunity to stop on third down when it's third and 10, third and eight, as opposed to being third and one, third and two. Interesting. Interesting. How about you, uh, Derek? Where are you going next? I went cornerback by default. And my biggest okay. concern is once you get past the front line, guys, there's a significant drop off. And that's my biggest concern. See, when you look at the D line and the O line, you lose a guy here or there, you're still pretty stout in the trenches. When you get to the cornerback spot, if you lose one of those three names you just mentioned, then it's, uh-oh, who's the quarterback going to attack now? And as we know, somebody's going to fall by the wayside. I don't think all three of these guys are going to play all 17 games. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Somebody's going to get hurt. What happens after that? On, on paper, when you look at Bradbury and Darius Slate, I like the fact that they can play more man-to-man now, which allows the front seven to play more games, to become more of an attacking and unpredictable type front seven for opposing quarterbacks, whether it's the running game or the passing game. But if Bradbury or a slave fall by the wayside, then you got quarterbacks and offensive coordinators thinking, okay, we're attacking this side of the field, and I think they can do it very efficiently uh, against the second tier for the Eagles secondary. So I, that's, I, I had my concerns there. I was torn between the cornerback and the running back position. And I gave it to the cornerback position by default. I like the cornerback position in terms of frontline players a little bit more than I like the running back position. So that's why I went cornerback okay. next. All right. Uh, where are you going, uh, Barrett, for your last? For my fifth, I'm going – now I'm going with the linebackers. Okay. okay. I'm going linebacker position. Um, they got – they could be – they could be special, man. They yeah. could be special. You know, you got Kassir. When have we talked about the linebacker position being a, a position of strength? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's not since um the late and great the late and great you know uh you know wasn't it Jimmy Johnson you know yeah. the defensive coordinator that he had the ability to go out there and put Trout out there Carlos Edmonds they had they had some really good linebackers come through Michael Kendricks yeah so now you know they we can talk like all right from the linebacker position I think we're finally at a point where now you got guys like T.J. Edwards 
fighting for a position as opposed to just get, giving it to him going into camp. Right. And when you're competing like that, that's when, you know, you're a better team. Because, you know, I mean, Sean Bradley is in danger of not making this squad. He was one of the best special team players. Mm-hmm. But if that's all they could do, hell, they got starters that can do that. So, when, you know, it's going to be hard for, you know, him to get on the field. You got, you know, the Kobe Dean. Where is he going to be at? He may not be able to get on the field. They got some talent. You know, uh, Davion Taylor, he's yep. starting to come into his own. Now he has to fight to get on the field, man. So it's just nothing's going to be given. You got to work. You got to go out there and, and show some before you get some reps. So I love that competition. So I say that's why I'm, they're my number five position. Mm-hmm. I, I am a five, too. And I, I never thought we'd be having a top five right. group list and <laughs> linebacker be included. So I'm thrilled to be even saying it. Um, look, I, there's not much more I could say that you guys, you guys didn't nail and Barrett, you didn't just lay out with, with the linebackers. I think you're right on. And I, I love the diversity of this group. I, I, you know, TJ, what he brought to the table last year, Nicobe Dean, I do think will be an every down linebacker by at least middle of the season. Um, and then Kaiser White, who we don't talk about another guy who's on a one-year deal, who's going to want to get paid. Right. He's going to show right. up big time. I think he's probably pissed off that, at the deal that. The deals that weren't out there, you know, yep. and, and multi-year deals. So I think for all those reasons, this is going to be a good group. And you get the guys in front of them that are going to keep heat off of them. That's what Jordan yeah. Davis yep. did for, for exactly the Kobe Dean for all their years at Georgia. Yeah. Yep. So uh, these guys are going to be able to be free and make some plays without having to, to shed blockers and, and guys in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous, you know, difference between what we've seen the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think this group's going to be fun, man. A lot of fun, in fact. Yeah, All right, so let's step aside here, and we will uh, we'll keep it rolling here with the birds and and the NFL in general, and we'll get into surprises because surprises can cut both ways. It can be, wow, this team can take off. Nobody's giving me any credit, or I think it's probably we're heading the other way with this group. So we'll get into that. We'll do the AFC and the NFC when we come back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration. If you're not familiar. Get yourself familiar because if you have, if you're, say you're a homeowner, say you own a business, whatever the case may be, and there's a fire or there's water damage, like the storms that we had uh, early this morning, right? You got some some water in your basement or your crawl space or mold for that matter. You want to get that taken care of and you want to get it taken care of the right way, the efficient way, and the reasonable way. And Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to help you. I went through it with water damage at my parents' house. They got over there. They cleaned it up real quick. It was reasonably priced. I couldn't have been more happy with the job that they did. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more, more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company, by the way, whether it's, again, water or fire or smoke or mold remediation, or you're not really sure if you know what's going on, if they can help you. I'm sure they can, but you can give them a call. And they will handle it. Trust me when I tell you that. 610-623-3760. That's 610-623-3760. Or you can reach them at ProActionRestoration.com. ProActionRestoration.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. What's up, everybody? Welcome on back to Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I, <laughs> I'm still having internet issues. Um, you guys can see me and hear me, correct? Hi. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, we got you, bro. Yeah, during the break, um, you know, I usually watch our – I see your doggy, Barrett. I see your, I see your little pooch doing, doing her, her thing. There she is. Hey, she, hey. She. She. My Yoki. Hi, Yoki. Um so during the break, I usually watch our commercials that, that, that we have on. So my, my it went straight to black after I did my live read. And then it just <laughs> popped right back up. No music, no nothing. I couldn't hear anything. So I'm like, fingers crossed. We're all still here. Anyway, we're still here. But I'm getting through it. We are we're muddling through, as they say. And Yoki's doing her thing. She's, she's crushing it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, guys, let's look at surprises here. And it, we, we looked at, but we, we like to do these exercises where we kind of jump around and look at both conferences and see what they're looking like here, both the AFC and the NFC. And what sparked this for me was we, we kind of touched on this barrier. You actually, that's why I'm going to let you, you kick it off. <laughs> but you mentioned a couple of teams um, that you thought were going to take off this year and be really, really good. So if you, if you want to just grab, pick whatever conference you want, man, give me some teams that you think are going to surprise. Again, this could apply either way, good or bad. Who's going to surprise for you? Whatever conference you want to start with. Well, you know, I always go from the best conference, you know, that at, um, in the NFL right now, and that's the AFC West. And the team that I say is going to be a, have a breakout year are the Raiders, even though they're going to pick each other off in that division. And, um, you know, and, and, and 
because of that, you know, their their record may not depict how really good they are. But I love what the Raiders have. I mean, they have a pretty good offensive line, consistent offensive line. They got a damn good running game with Josh Jacob, um, Kenyon Drake. Remember Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. um, had a real good year. He was with the Cardinals for a little bit, and you know went to went Miami to for a little yep. bit. Miami, yep. yep. He's I mean he's going to be unbelievable. And then you know from the receiver position, you know Devontae Adams is there, you know, and 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 we know what he can do. You know, he's back with his his, his college quarterback. Um, I just see them being a really, really good team. They have one of the best possession receivers in the NFL, Hunter Renfro. I mean, he grow, he grow, he throws, he runs excellent routes, and, and they have a chemistry together. Those two have a chemistry group. Then they have Backpack Boy. They have Mac Hollins there. You know, he's always a deep threat. So, you know. And, uh, and he's a special teams ace. But I hear Yeah. Here's you're you're, I, you're I on, um, hold on, hold on. Hey, Derek, you're on mute. You're muted, man. You're See all, all that ripping that's back. Two. Yeah. That's two oh, times. That's, that's actually that's actually this is that's all actually coming four back times. on you, man. That's two. That's, that's, that's four two. times. That is not. We both. I think it's three. It's three. Those three times. Yes, it's three times. That's third time. Yes. Wow. The mm. third time. I've got baritis. Wow. <laughs> uh, Here's the question oh, I have, Barrett, off of that. I think you made it. You state you made a great point for the Raiders. Okay. I just asked the question in a playoff setting. Do you believe enough in Derek Carr to win a Super Bowl, get you deep, whatever? Yes. Do you believe in him that much? Okay. I, I believe in him because it's not just him. He has all the weapons he can, you know, that, that will make him, you know, be very, very, uh, very, things can be very, very good. He's going to take that next step um, in being one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, you know. But his defense, man, is going to help him out the most. You know, they went out and got um, somebody to, you know, Chandler Jones to rush opposite of um, of Crosby. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one-two combination right there, pick your poison as a as an offense. Who are you going to stop? Who are you going to slide protection to? They have uh, one of the best, you know, hard-hitting safeties in the league in Abram. Um, that's going to be a good team, man. You know, they went out mm-hmm. and got um, Temple's own Rock Gassin at cornerback position from Indianapolis where – he had Pro Bowl years there. I mean, he played very, very well for him. Mm-hmm. I just think they're a complete team, the most complete team in that division. You know, and and quarterback for quarterback, it's not like he's a slouch. You know, I mean, yes, you're saying some great quarterbacks <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes, you know what I'm saying, and, and you know, Wilson, you know, and I, I, I get it. But his name, you're going to start seeing Derek Carr be mentioned in them upper echelon names just like, you you know, you mentioned, you mentioned a, a – a, a Wilson, okay, and a, um, you know, and, and 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 a Patrick Mahomes. All right, fair, fair. It's fair enough. Look, it, it's uh, he. I don't know what's what's going on. We're in the logo going with <laughs> the Eagles. Mahomes. Have tweaked the word mark for their logo according what? to. See, I like the one on the left better. I like what I was... like the one on the left. I don't know if I I don't know if I. I don't yeah, like the word yeah. on the right. I don't like that. I don't like that one on the right. I, I like the left better uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not much different with it. It's a little bit different. You know, it's not a ton. I I, I don't know. I'm big on if it ain't broke. Don't right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess with it. Yes. Yeah. But oh. I, we'll see. We'll see if that shakes out. Yeah. Um, all right, Barrett. So give me, or excuse me, Derek, give me, you go either way with it. Give me a surprise from the AFC for you. See, Good you know, I, I, 
I went, I had three different things, you know, it's, it's like, first of all, and I'll, I'll jump, be quick. Jump around. We don't really okay. have, it's not, it doesn't right. have to be one. Thing. What if New England, what if the evil empire in New England rises from the ashes? Oof. Okay. Now they went 10 and seven last year with, with Mac Jones, Mac Jones threw 521 passing attempts. He completed almost 68% of his passes. Okay. You look at some of the pass catchers. He has Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and Janu Smith. He has two great tight ends to throw to. Um, they only finished one game behind Buffalo. Now, they got smacked by Buffalo by like 30 points in the playoffs. But I can see the evil empire rising from the ashes. Their defense, when you look at their defensive personnel, their defensive personnel is not bad at all. Right. You know, so that scares, <laughs> right, right, that scares right. me about New England. Well, and we right. know what a great defensive coach he is. Exactly. Too. Yes. All right, so – then I looked at the AFC West and I said, you know, we talk about all this firepower in the AFC West, and one of those teams could, could emerge as your Super Bowl representative. But I went the opposite way. Mm. What if they bump each other off so much to the point where the winner of that division is nine and eight, and everybody goes nine or eight, eight and nine in that division? That's, That's what I just said. Yeah, I yeah, just said that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. I mean, you think one of these teams can win 12, 13 games? They could. But what if there's so much balance? What if they're all mediocre in that mm. division? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, no. There, there's something to, to be said for cannibalizing yourself. Like yes. just th those teams yes. are just you know beating the heck out of each other. No, I think there's something to be said for that. And then my third one, real quick, is what if Doug Peterson turns it around in Jacksonville in one Ooh. year? They went three and fourteen last year. Now think about this: he's good at working with young quarterbacks. He has a good yes. young quarterback in mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I look at a running back situation. I forgot about they have Travis Etienne, who was, was a great college running back. Year. Yes. Yep. Then you have Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones, uh, LaVisca Chanel, Laquan, uh, Laquan Treadwell, Zay Jones, your tight end is Evan Ingram. Then you look at the offensive line. They just got Brandon Scherf from Washington to play right guard, and your, and your, and your tackle is Jawan Taylor, who's a very good tackle as well. So they've got some talent down there in Jacksonville. I'm not saying they're going to blow up the world and, and, and beat this playoff contender, but they could be a right around a 500 team in Doug Peterson's first year. We knew what kind of miracle worker Doug was here in Philadelphia from one year to the next. Doug Peterson might go down there and ruffle some feathers in terms of knocking off some teams you don't expect them to knock knock off this year. I like that. I like that. All right, well, yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll jump. I, I'm just going to go – I'm going to go NFC here, um, and I'm going to go with the Vikings, and I think it's going to be a positive leap. I, I think they finally got – I think it was time to move on from Zimmer. I think they needed to bring in an offensive coach, which they did, yep. um, who, who I think is very creative and has, has a pretty good track record. Yep. I, I think that – while ultimately I still need to see it from Kirk Cousins in a big game, um, having that receiving core and that, those running backs and that offensive line with, with an underrated defense, I, I think the Vikings can make some noise here. And, and I hate to say it because the Eagles get them early where we're all kind of chalking up like wins here left and right, right, you know, right. which is dangerous. But I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to catch teams. I think they're going to start fast. And I think all of a sudden we're going to say, man, is Minnesota – Four and one, like what's going on here? Yeah, I think yeah. they're gonna be good. So I would, I would really look out for them in a positive way. I think <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing like seeing a gigantic man handling a little dog, man. There is nothing, there is nothing no like that. No. What is she? What is she hungry? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I just fed her all the snacks, and she wants some more, and I and I and I, I don't have any more. You no have more. a chubby little dog, man. She keeps pounding down the snacks right, like right, that. right, man. She already, you know, you're not having any uh, presence, you know, down there, are you? No, no, not yet. Oh, okay. No, not yet. Okay. The way you were looking, I thought you were maybe had a little mess. Um, now she don't want to go. Here's I got now. you. 
All right, Derek, give me give me one that you think could be the other way. We we get we just gave two that we think could all three of us actually could be heading the right way. What could be maybe going down for you a dip a dip what, team? A team that could go down? Maybe maybe a dip Ooh, team. Yeah. Wow, uh, a team that could go down in the NFC. I would have to start with Green Bay. Okay. You know, losing Devontae Adams is huge. Green Bay's defense is going to be a monster. They were a top ten defense last year. But in terms of offensive production, they have a good running back in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They got a really good offensive line uh, if they stay healthy. The problem is Green Bay's offensive line has had health issues the last couple of years. Yeah. Yet they've won 13 games three years in a row, but mainly because of that man, Devontae Adams, especially in clutch situations. Now that, now that um, Aaron Rodgers is relying on a rookie pass catcher and a couple of backups to step up and be the front line guys, Randall Cobb is not the receiver he was um, I think Green Bay could take that step back in that division. Interesting. How about you, back? What would be your team? I'm, I'm either go with conference. A, could be either conference. I'm gonna go with a team. You know, I'm gonna go with an NFC team, and um, it's a, it's a team that everybody's really high on. But I, I, I think they're going in a different direction. They lost their offensive coordinator. Uh, he went to Miami. I'm going with San Fran. Huh. Yes, Kyle Shanahan calls all the plays and everything, but yep. he's got a disgruntled um, he's got a disgruntled uh, wide receiver, yep. Debo Samuel's. Uh, he 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 always getting out of favor with uh Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Um, that always the line. I mean, they're good, but I mean, their their right tackle is probably the worst right tackle I've seen in a long time. Mm. Um, I don't think at this point they they have the quarterback situation nailed down yet. They don't know what direction they want to go, and um, I don't know if Trey Lance is ready by all yeah. reports. Yeah. From what people are saying, you know that are. You know, they're in the know that are around the team. Um, they're not believing in Trey Lance being their starting quarterback. It doesn't feel like they want to just turn the reins over to him, you know? Right. It sort right. of feels like Garoppolo's lingering. And I know it's part of that is he's just on the roster, but yeah, you don't feel like they're fully in yet with him. Exactly. If they were fully in, um, at this point, Garoppolo would not be on the squad right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um that's I, I think it's an interesting team to, to lay that out there yeah so that's that's my team that's gonna take they're gonna take a, a reverse a in that. Yeah. I'll, I'll be quick with mine because we're, we're up against it and we're gonna have trey burton join us and then scott francie is going to join us at 2 30 but trey burton's next uh I, i'll go with the titans i think the titans take a little bit of a step i think this is a baby uh, step backwards not a collapse but i feel like it's kind of run its course with Tannehill. yeah and the more you keep pounding derrick henry the more even though he's he's you know like machine like He's going to get hurt. We saw it last year. So I, I I look for them to take a little bit of a step back. I don't think they're going to be nearly as good as they were last year where they were one seed coming out of the AFC. They could still be a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. So a little baby step back for, for the Titans yeah. is where I would I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Um, it, It's going to be tough for them because they, they lost their best receiver also. Yeah, they lost two, two receivers. You know what I'm saying? They lost two. They lost um, Julio also. Yeah. Julio's not there, so I mean, we're talking about a, a, um, an offense that is it, 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 geared around, of course, them running the rock with Derrick Henry. They did go out and get Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah but, who's a nice player coming off a major injury, but I like Robert Woods. Yeah, but their offensive line has been taking some hits. <clears throat> Stop. All right, that's <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, we'll let Barrett. We'll give Barrett a time out to handle the pooch. So Barrett will handle the pooch. We'll come back with Trey Burton. 2.30, it'll be Scott Fransky. You don't, don't want to go. 
Yeah, you don't want to. He's, you're you're going to get bit, Barrett. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to go anywhere. We are rolling <laughs> rolling into hour number three. We'll see if Barrett, Barrett might get swallowed up by the dog. I don't know if he'll still be here. Uh, we, will, uh, we will talk. There, there you go. We, we will uh, <laughs> we'll talk to Trey Burton when we get back. We are Sports Take. Barrett, the dog, Derek, myself, Jacob Sports YouTube. Network. Oh, my Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number three. We are Sports Take. I am Rob Ellis, along with Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, and joining us now. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk to our next guest, of course. And, and Trey, I've been saying this, hey, I've been Trey, saying Trey. this all along, man. We, uh, hello. Hi. Hello, guys. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got you. Cool. Yeah, so we I was going to let you Trey. finish. My bad. Sorry about that. No, no, I was just messing around. We have a, an interesting camera shot up right now. Um, so, uh, you know, I was saying earlier, you are part, and I don't know, 
you know, if you, if you hear it, you probably hear it every single day, but you're part of arguably the most iconic play in the history of Philadelphia sports in, in the Philly special. Mm-hmm. How many times have you watched it since the Super Bowl? Give me an estimate. I, I haven't watched the game yet. Um, what? Wow. Yeah. You, never, you haven't watched that game? No, because, I mean, the day after I was gone and I was I was out of Philly and went to Chicago yeah um with uh to be with Nagy. so i i've never watched the game i mean I, i'm sure i will um eventually a lot but um no i i haven't watched it much at all hey trey since you left have you have you come back to philadelphia in off season not off season i went to the uh the bucks game last year in uh in philly okay um, i thought i've probably been back you know four or five times okay so do people still come up to you and want to talk about that play yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure definitely so what are you doing now man uh, I live down in Tampa, uh, oh, Florida. Yeah, I'm about to head to my daughter, daughter's gymnastics and just picked up my son from basketball. So just being Ain't a full-time dad, like man. It, man. Yeah, been, yeah, been, yeah. Like been it, enjoying man. it. Can't complain. No That's question. great, man. So, Trey, any any designs? We know I uh, didn't play last year. Any designs to come back and, and still play in the NFL? Is that still in the equation or have you, have you moved on? I haven't moved on, like, fully. But now that the COVID stuff has, has gotten over with, you know, for the most part in the league, yeah. um, I might, we'll see, you know, it has to make a lot of sense. And so, um, you never know. I, I'm not, I'm not shutting the door, but, uh, I'm, I, most, both my feet are almost out for sure. Bro, so, bro, bro, just play as long as you can, man. I had to retire because of an injury. If I yeah. hadn't got injured, I'd be in year 50 and I'd still be trying to play, bro. I believe it. I believe it. You know how it is. So, I mean, it's tough to, tough to give up on it. I'm by no yeah. means, I'm still working out and I'm, I'm not giving up on it, but if it, it makes sense, I'll, I'll, I'll still play for sure. Definitely. So the so the further away you get from playing and become more of a full time dad, how how much is how much does that make the transition easier for you because you get to watch your little ones grow up more so than you would have if you were playing? Listen, man, I love. I think I enjoy watching my kids play more than playing myself, yeah. Uh, yeah. and just you know being there for them and just the lessons, the life lessons they learn in sports are just so special. You know, it's kind of hard to teach them those things and. Um, it's just been a lot of fun and it makes it a lot harder to want to go back and to do training camp and to do OTAs and, you know, put my body through all that stuff. And so, uh, you know, I'm just taking it a day at a time. Honestly, I'm not rushing to any decision and, um, but I am enjoying my time with my family and my kids. I'll tell you that. So are you one of these dads? Are you one of these real boisterous dads in the stands who embarrass your kids or or one of you dads, you like, you just sit here and like, I'm not going to say a word. We'll discuss it when we get home. Yeah, Which I'm not gonna say a word. I'm, I'm not gonna say a word because if I say a word, then I'm like too heavily involved, and I don't want to fight any other parents out there. So like, <laughs> I don't want to do. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to deal with all that. So like, I'm be honest with you. Like, I'm just gonna chill, and I'm gonna enjoy it. And then when we get to the house, we can talk it over, and we can walk it through, and go through the whole scenario. But no, I'm not screaming and none of that. Like, because if I did, yeah. I'd just be, you know, I'd be too much, and I, I'd yes. to fight somebody. So. Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? Um. You know, just watching your career, man, and being able to, you know, sit down and break down film and everything. Bro, you were more of a Swiss Army knife than a conventional tight end. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I, I would equate you more like an H-back, you know. So, you know, when did you make that transition to being that guy? You know, was it with Philly yeah. or, or what? No, it was in college. Uh, I was a freshman, and uh, there was only two two quarterbacks on scholarship, a guy named John Brantley um, and then myself. John was a senior. He sat behind Tebow through Tebow's, Tebow's whole career. Um, really good quarterback. I think, he, I think he was number one in the country coming out of high school. And I'm sitting in, we're in training camp. I'm sitting in the, the QB meeting and uh, like probably like towards the end of training camp. And I remember Urban late night, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, bust through the, the door. 
And he's, he like basically said like, this is like word for word, like you're too athletic to not play um, for our football team. We need you to do something else than just play quarterback and sit the bench. And you know how it is. Like I'm a freshman. I want to play. I don't want to sit. I don't want a red shirt, none of that stuff. And so from then on, I, w- I went to, you know, tight end meetings in the morning. I went to running back meetings in the afternoon and wide receiver meetings at night and mm-hmm. wow. uh, kind of just learned it from that, that point on. And so and I, I knew, I mean, looking, you know, trying to look into the future, I was, I didn't have the arm strength to play quarterback and, you know, that type of stuff. But um, so I knew it was probably the best fit for myself and that that's kind of where it took off. Yeah. And, and Trey, you, you look at your career with the Eagles, uh, 2014 to 17, of course you go out on the, the ultimate high note, but how do you, how do you look back at your days when you were here? I had a blast, man. I was really, really fortunate. Um, like, man, really fortunate to have Selleck and uh, James Casey and Ertz um, and Justin Peel as my tight end coach. Like, I couldn't ask for a better scenario, a better situation to walk into. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time with Foles, you know, the year or two that he was there in Philly when I was there. And um, just the whole process, you know, of becoming a, a professional and learning the, the professional game and how much different it is in college and um, I, I had so much fun. And like I said, I was just really fortunate to have guys that were unbelievable leaders and men to kind of help me and, you know, put their arm around my shoulder and teach me the way. So, so how much did it bother you, if any, that you, you helped this franchise win its first ever Super Bowl, And then all of a sudden you're gone after that. You didn't get a chance to come back and, and, and bond with those guys again a year after you won that thing. Yeah, it's not ideal to to do it that way, but man, we had so much fun doing it when we were doing yeah. it. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of like to live in the moment and like enjoy mm-hmm. the time that I have, you know, while while I'm there. And so, it was really hard, you know, with that last year in Philly, just because of the contract situations and all the bullcrap that you have to go through, you know, with yeah. that and becoming a free agent and everything. Um, it was really hard for me to really enjoy that time, but like those those are some of my best friends in the world still to this day. And I, mm-hmm. I knew that, and I wanted to make sure I enjoyed that time. So. It definitely wasn't the best way to do it, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to do it that way again if, if it happened that way. But um, you know, you got to make the most out of it. Yeah. The word. So, I mean, is there any chance you want to be a coach or anything? You know, what I'm saying no. Did you step with- <laughs> He said no. Nope. That didn't nope. take long. <laughs> no shot. No shot at all. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I just I, I can't I can't deal with the kids these days, man. There's not they lack a lot of dis- a lot of a lot of respect, you know, for older people and coaches. Um, there's just they're so quick to say something back, you know, and everybody has has to have the last word and kind of like the the parenting fighting thing. Like I'm, yeah. I'm good, man. I'll just stay out. And if they want to, if some kid wants help, you know, there's been kids, you know, along the way um, while I've been playing and even now. Like uh, my, I live like 45 minutes to an hour from my high school, um, one of the best high school football programs in the state. Mm-hmm. Listen, bro, they already know if they want to if they if they want some help, they want some encouragement, they want some you know lessons, some thoughts. Like, give me a call and I'll come down and help. But for everybody else, I'm good. You know, Trey, Trey, when, when do you, you think know. that changed? Like, when, when, when you're not an old guy by any stretch, but exactly. when, when do things change where there's less respect than maybe there was back in your days in college or early days in the pros or whatever? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the parenting. I think a lot of it has to do with like the strict rules now, where like you can't, you can't make like a kid, you can't make a kid cry now like they used to be able to back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I remember when we when we used to condition in football, like it didn't matter if you were hurt if you weren't hurt, like we used to have a thing in college called the pit and like, you didn't want to go to the pit. There was no, you couldn't be soft in college or else they would just send you on a bus to a different school, different university, you know, like nowadays they can't really do those types of things. They can't really be as hard on you. I mean, I remember in college, uh, I mean, the weight coach is not, and I don't, I don't think this is a good idea, but he's throwing weights at people because they're talking back to him. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, shoot, 
I ain't, I ain't saying nothing to this guy, you know, like, just like <laughs> right, uh, right, just right. The coaching was, the coaching was so much tougher, you know, back right. in the day um, when I was playing. And so um, I think we've obviously gone far, far away from all of those, those types of things. And, you know, for the better, a lot of, a lot, a lot of times in a lot of ways, but um, there still is that big lock, uh, loss of respect for sure. It has a lot to do with um, how you coach these kids, how they accept it, because everything is just right there for them. Yeah. Social media. Um, instant gratification. Everything's right there, and you know, if you if you do or say anything out of the ordinary, or I mean, they just posted right then and there. It's too much posting, man. I mean, yeah. half the stuff that happened to me in the NFL from '95 to '07. If it was a camera phone or anything else around, bro, yeah. that would be nobody being NFL. Half the NFL been gone. That's what I'm gone. saying, yeah. And I mean, the, you you can transfer at any time now, no matter right, what that, level, that high too, school, yeah. you know, college, yeah. like all that stuff. Like, there's, there's no, you don't have to sit and wait your turn. You don't have to develop. You know, you want to play right now, and you're not good yeah. enough to play right now, so you're going to go somewhere else. You know, if you think about it, it, it could have maybe completely changed your career if you were one of those guys who was hell bent on being a quarterback and felt disrespected by Urban. You yeah. could have transferred out maybe never even made it to the pros as a tight end H back. You right. know, I, so mean, it's, I, it's... I almost, le- I almost left uh, Florida my sophomore year. Cause I had a uh, Charlie Weiss with my offensive coordinator, urban left, urban left. Uh, I think urban went to Ohio state at the time. Will Muschamp came in um, defensive guy. One of my, one of my favorite coaches, like phenomenal coach, uh, one of the best defense coaches in college. And then he brought in Charlie Weiss with him, and I didn't get along with Charlie at all. I couldn't stand him. And if Charlie would have stayed for my junior year, then I probably would have left and went somewhere else. Um, but since he left, I stayed. What do, you, what do you think about the way Urban Meyer embarrassingly bowed himself out of the NFL after a brief stint? Yeah, I, I don't know much about the details. Obviously, the headlines and stuff aren't very good at all. Um, yeah. And I hate that all of those things happen. I have a great relationship with him and his fam- whole family, his daughters and his son. And so, um, I mean, I, I, have, I, I have no ill will towards him. I, I've seen, mm-hmm. you know some of the stuff that's been said and I hate it, but um, that I was with him a long time ago. So uh, maybe things have changed, you know, mm. Trey, let, let me was... swing it back to the, to the Philly special. You may not have watched the game, but I'm assuming you've seen the play a couple times. times. Uh, yeah. What, what, how, cause there's varying reports about this. When did you guys start practicing that? Was it something you did the whole year? Did it come up late? Did it come up week of Super Bowl, like or two weeks, whatever it is building up? Like when did that start and, and talk about the execution of it? Cause you guys nailed it and you could have done it better. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think I believe uh, it came up during the bye week for the play in the playoffs. The first, we had a first round bye, and uh, I think the story was that Doug told uh, all the coaches to you know find the trick play that they you know like or that they've ran in the past. And uh, Press Taylor found one. I don't remember who who ran it, but they showed it a couple times. It was it was like a college team or something like that. And so we uh, installed probably like three or four of them, you know, at, at the time and. Um, the Philly special is probably the best one out of all of them, but we carried, you know, a couple of them throughout the weeks in the playoffs. And uh, I thought like, typically I knew, I knew when he was going to call it, I had an idea, you know, you're inside the three or four yard line, obviously on, on the goal line, um, mm-hmm. you know, second or third down, you know, for sure. Cause then you could obviously kick a field goal and that type of stuff. So going into the Atlanta game, um, there's a couple of times where, you know, I'm ready to roll. I think that we're going to call it, doesn't call it going into the Minnesota game. You know, we, we get up so hot, uh, so much on them, you know, mid, mid part of the game, obviously towards the end of the game that I figured, Oh, we're probably not going to call it this game, but in the Super Bowl, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like I've been so alert and so like, Oh dude, we're about to do it. We're about to do it. We're about to do it. And Super Bowl comes around, you kind of just lose your mind a little bit and uh, definitely never would have thought we would have ran it on fourth down, you know, in the Super Bowl like that. But 
yeah, we practice it a bunch, you know, a couple times a week. You know, we I remember going in the week of the Super Bowl. So the two you have two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. The first week we're at home, you know, in Philadelphia doing it, practicing all that type of stuff. Second week we're uh, in Minnesota, and with all the stuff going on with the Patriots recording everything, and uh, you know all the all the stuff that you hear about that. We never ran it live. We would only do it in the meeting room where we knew in the hotel, we knew for sure that there wasn't anything being filmed oh, or nothing wow. was going on, you know, behind the scenes. And so, and we did that probably with a couple of plays as well. It wasn't just the Philly special. Um, but uh, yeah, so then obviously when he called it in the game, it worked out perfectly, you know, uh, great snap, uh, great catch, great pitch, great throw and uh, great catch. So yeah. It's good. Were, were you surprised that uh, Doug gave that play the green light at the point of the game he did? Well, see, you don't you don't realize that Nick came over and said it, you know. Like, yep. yeah, I I have no clue because they're they're off, you know, a little bit down down the field and on the field as well. And so, I the only thing I really remember, like, if I think about it, like, I remember my coach uh, Justin Peel obviously has the headset on. He has one ear out, one ear on, and he he's not speaking. Like, he has yet to click a button in order to speak, but he's yep. like talking and he's you know going through stuff through his head. And uh, it's all about personnel, you know, when you mm-hmm. first uh, when you first call plays, so you want to make sure you have the right personnel in the game, you know, to call the certain play. And so he like looks at him and he says, I think you're going to go in. And and I, not like in a weird way or like just normally like right. I think you're in like because I'm standing next to him every single play. Like, what's the deal? Who's in? Who's out? He's like, I think you're going to go in. I think you're going to go in. And like he like makes a look at me. And he's like, go. And then I run in there and then boom, they call the play. Mm. Well, it's sometimes it's like in basketball when you're too wide open, you'll miss the shot because you're thinking about it too much. <laughs> Nick, Nick was pretty open, Trey. I mean, was that like did that screw you up? And obviously not. You nailed it. But was did that go through your mind? Like I can't believe how open he is. See, I don't think I had enough. Like like you said, they're wide open, and they think about it too much. I didn't have enough time to think about it. I, I remember. I think we like for some reason we broke the huddle late, even though we were coming out of a timeout. Like the play clock was already running. And uh, I remember Nick called the play, and one of the guys was like, "What's that?" Like he he didn't know what he, what he, didn't know. he must not he must not have been in and practice or something like that for or whatever. And he's like, "What's that?" And then like we were all like a couple of us were like over here, and then you know we, he gets lined up, and then the ball snapped. So it wasn't like I was sitting in my sta- in my wide receiver stance, you know, for twenty seconds, like, "Oh shoot, you know, I got to do this." It was more of like I had some way to get some dude lined up, and then boom, the play is called, and uh, you know that's really it. Hey, Trey, oh, what, did it, what did it mean to you to be a part of Philadelphia Eagles history in terms of delivering something to this 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 fan base, this organization that they so desperately had wanted and got tired of hearing about the Eagles were the only team in the NFC East that had not won a Super Bowl? Yeah, man, it's so special. Like, the city obviously deserved it um, through all the heartbreak that they've had over the you know previous years and um, – just being the only franchise to not win and, you know, those type of things like shoot, it just meant, it means so much to them. And it was so cool going back and like seeing it and being a part of it. And uh, they definitely deserve it. I'll never forget. Like, I think obviously winning the Super Bowl and the after party and all those things are awesome. But man, that parade, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Like it was just nonstop. And there, I remember they were saying something like, it's going to be like, you know, three hours and shoot yeah. it ended up being like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> I loved every you know second of it, and you you just see so many people and the joy that the people that that were brought to the people of Philly, and they just they're just so deserving. It was a, it was a mm. lot of fun, bro. I was uh I, you know I covered it, and I was down at um at the museum. So while you guys are on your way, I was freezing to death. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. there in front of it, man. So I'm sitting there freezing, and I'm like, where are these guys at? And I remember back when I played uh, when I when I won the Super Bowl with Steelers. 
it might have been the coldest day I've ever experienced. But being on that yeah. bus, I don't remember being that cold. But I knew after it was over with, I was hauling ass back to my car trying to get up <laughs> out of there, man. But during that time, man, just having off everybody just, you know, I mean, it was crazy, yeah. man. That's that's a crazy feeling to have, bro. We didn't do it like you guys do. Yeah, you really? guys did it. You guys did it right, man. Because you got I me. Mean, you guys were all, you guys were all in character, man. That's, I mean, that's the best thing about your team. You had a bunch of uh-huh. characters on your team, man. No question about that, man. I, I don't even remember it being that cold. You know, now <laughs> I think about it, yeah, I had, a, I had a beanie on my head, but yeah, it was probably freezing. <laughs> I remember it was it was thirty five degrees. The sun was out, but it, that wind, that wind was was a beast, man. And I was stationed right below the steps. The art museum steps where all you guys were speaking at the podium and stuff. And we're looking, listening to all the speeches. And then all of a sudden, this guy named Jason Kelsey steps to the podium <laughs> and just drops the mic like a rapper at a concert. Yeah. And, I've, and I've asked so many of your former teammates this, so I have to ask you. As, as, as Jason is giving the speech of a decade, what are you thinking when you're listening to the words coming out of his mouth? I mean, I think we all understand, like, Jason is Philly. Like, yeah. he was meant, you know, to play in Philadelphia with the way, you know, he carries himself and who he is as a person and the man that he is um, and the warrior that he is on the field. You never know what he's going to say, honestly. Like, none of those guys. You have no clue what is going to happen, what they're going to say, what they're going to do. Um, and obviously you're, obviously, you're like, shoot, I'm glad – I think maybe Selleck had to go after him. And I was like, dude, I'm so glad I'm not Selleck right now. I have to speak after this dude. You know, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> what do you say? You say, you know, Lane can't stay off the juice. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lombardi got killed. I mean, yeah. he did. A, he, there, there was a lot going on there, man. A lot. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Harry Roseman down the hall in the closet. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trey, I got to ask you about Nick Foles because, you know, I, I – First off, what was it like just either being in the game or watching from the sideline, watching him deal that night? I, I mean, he was on fire. And how do you explain the career? When he's an eagle, he's unbelievable. When it's anywhere else, it's a totally different story. I mean, how do you explain that? Yeah, I, mean, I can't explain that part. I know, like, this being Foles in general, he's so even-keeled and so, like, chill. And I remember um, – not necessarily like the game, obviously he balled out and, you know, played one of the best Super Bowl performances there is, but like the weeks leading up to that, there was, you know, Carson goes down, probably going to win NFL MVP. You know, I, I think that's a unanimous deal. Um, and then Foles comes in and the first two or three games, not very good. You know, we win, or we're, we're I think we win yeah. two, two of the three or whatever, but maybe, maybe we win all three, but like, there's still a lot of doubt, you know, with with people outside the organization, with him, shoot, even people, some people inside the organization. I remember him and I talking. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Dude, I they just I haven't got a chance yet. Like, I, I'm I'm gonna do. We're gonna do this, you know. Like, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not concerned by any means. I'm not freaking out. But I just need like people behind me and like mm-hmm. let's do this, you know. I I believe in myself. I believe we got the team. Blah blah blah. That type of stuff. And like just seeing him overcome all the bullcrap that comes with being a quarterback, you know, in Philadelphia, really for any NFL team. Um, and just, you know, every week get better and progress and get more comfortable and then shoot, he starts wheeling and dealing. And then he, I, m- I remember the, the, uh, the flea flicker to Tory Foles in the Minnesota game, like, gosh, bro, like that throw is just dumb. And then from then on out, like, I felt like every throw he made was just ridiculous, you know, like how did he do that? Um, and he has it in him, you know, and I've seen him do it countless times, you know, elsewhere. But, uh, I mean, I think the deal in Jacksonville was just a bad deal. You know, it's just not a good fit, not comfortable. It just Jacksonville in general is not a, not very good, you know, from a from top down. And so I think we can all agree on that over the last couple of years. And then uh, he went to Chicago and 
Um, just bad situation from a quarterback standpoint. There's 15 guys in the quarterback room, and you, know, you play, <laughs> right. you play, uh, you know, merry-go-round every single week, and it's just nothing, no, nothing stable. You know, no consistency. Um, so wishy-washy. You know, um, and you got guys fighting for their lives. You know, as as coaches and GMs, and so it's never a good situation. You know, in that in that scenario. So we'll, I'm interested to see um, how he does with Frank. You know, um, in Indy and um, playing the backup role, and and we'll see where you know what happens from there. Hey, Trey, you were talking about um, how you still view those guys from that 2017 team as as close friends. Who are some of the guys you stay in closest contact with? I would say probably the most contact I have uh, would be Maragos, um, Mm -hmm. Jordan Hicks, uh, Ertz, Carson. Um, Those are probably the the four um, guys I probably stay the most in Mm. contact with. Wow. Well, you know, you guys took next man up to a different level, man. Of, of You know, I mean, how did you guys prepare and, and, and just be able to, you know, one man goes down, next man up? I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, next man up, you know, yeah. But usually when next man up comes, you put, yeah. it's the reason why you're the next man up because you no shouldn't question. be yeah. there. But you, I mean, yeah. it seemed like all you guys were meant to be there and they were good, you know. A backup mm-hmm. is a backup because he's a backup. But it seemed like mm-hmm. your backups was just as good as your starters, man. Mm-hmm. How did that whole mentality come through, man? Yeah, I think, you know, Howie got really fortunate with bringing in some younger guys that could play, you know, might not have been able to start, you know, but could play at a really, really high level if uh, they needed to. And that's not always the case. You know, a lot of times um, you got younger guys that are there because they were drafted, you know, not necessarily because they're good. And um, it happens a lot, unfortunately, all over the league, not just, you know, in not just in a certain area. And so I think we had a lot of guys that, uh, you know, quite honestly were dogs that were backups, you know, that gave mm-hmm. the first team defense a run for their money every every single week, you know, when we're preparing for that team. Same with the defense, you know, giving the first team offense, the scout team defense, giving the first team offense a, a really good run for their money. Um, and guys that were like really – they were we were more into like developing ourselves and instead of like trying to start, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. Like we knew our time was eventually going to come. Um and uh, when the time did come, you know, we, we played well because we were working on developing ourselves instead of worrying about the situation or the scenario that we're in. And so um, – but also, like, the guys that got hurt, um, they were such good dudes. You know, I think of, like, Jason Peters, like, uh, I think of Jordan Hicks, Chris Marigos. Like, those guys didn't just take off and go to Cabo, you know, and go on a vacation. Like, no, mm-hmm. they were in the facility every single day um, watching film with us, breaking it down with us, helping us out, you know, teaching the guy next, the next man up, like, yo, this is what I'm seeing. Um, this is the keys that I'm looking at, like, boom, this is what you got. And so I think obviously that helps, you know, a young player, no matter, you know, what position you play. Um, and so just having those, the leadership, um, the solidified leadership, just from the very beginning, the day one guys, you know, who are going to be leaders and then throughout the year carry us, um, all the way home. Um, I think definitely helped as well. Hey, hey, Trey, what do you think about the way Carson's career has turned? I mean, he left Philadelphia, not in the best of terms. And all of a sudden after one year, he's gone from Indy and, all the stuff that's said about Carson, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the stuff that has been said about Carson was more negative than positive in terms of his last year in Philadelphia and his only year in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't in the locker room, you know, the last yeah. year uh, or last two years, I think it was um, in Philly. Um, but I know one thing I know is like the stuff that I read and hear in the media mm-hmm. is not the Carson that I know. You know, I know a way different version. So, like, I don't know where the – where it's getting misconstrued or where yeah. the, you know, the, uh, I don't know what the word to say is for that, but like where the disconnect is um, mm-hmm. from the media and from him, but like, that's not, 
the guy I know, and that's not the guy I talk to whenever, you know, I, I we talk on the phone or we shoot text to each other. So, um, obviously, I hope he does really well in Washington. And um, Coach Rivera is an unbelievable coach, and I think he'll enjoy his time over there. Trey, do you still keep up with the present-day Eagles? It wasn't been, you know, clearly not that long since you've been gone, but what's your sense of, of where they're headed for, for 2022? Man, I love the Sirianni hire. Like, absolutely love it. I was uh, I was a little worried, um, and maybe worried is not the word, um, but concerned because uh, Nick at sometimes can be a hothead. And maybe that was just because he was the offensive coordinator in the Indy when I was there, and mm. he didn't have to be the, the guy, you know, because um, obviously, you know, there's different roles there. But, uh, I mean, X's and O's, and then personality type, shoot, you couldn't find a better guy to fit um, in Philly. And, and me knowing the fans and how tough it is in Philly and all the crap that you have to deal with, like, I didn't know if that was going to be the best fit for him, you know, off, off rip. But I knew he was going to be an unbelievable head coach to start out with, just, just me being 100% honest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, some of the guys he brought with him, uh, rock stars, like, the coach, coaching-wise. And um, I think he's going to do a phenomenal job, and we'll see, you know, what happens. Um, at the beginning of the year, and it, it should be a fun year. Hey, when I texted you on Monday about coming on our show, you said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry I missed your text. I was out fishing. I'm, uh, you a big, you big time fisherman? Yeah, I fish a lot. I was fishing a tournament, so I uh, that's why what? I was out, I was out, and I didn't have my uh, the cell connection, so I could. Whoa, 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 what whoa, kind whoa, of fish? Because you're talking you're talking to two professional fishermen here. What kind yeah. of fishing you do? Oh, nice, man. So we did. Uh, so we do like all the local tournaments on the west coast of Florida. Uh, for the most okay. part, we just we came in first place uh, this weekend. We got uh, two blue marlin. Um, we got a couple Ooh. grouper, a couple. Uh, I forget a couple mahi, a couple tuna. But you weigh in like your six best fish, and like the most points you can get for a fish is a hundred points. So like oh! the bill, bill fish is a hundred points. So we got two hundred points were there, and we got two, you know, twenty plus twenty twenty plus pound tuna, and a couple, you know, twenty to thirty pound grouper. Uh, what, good day. Good time. what? Say again. What size boat do you have? I got a uh, 37 Invincible. It's a catamaran. Wow. 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 What's, what's the biggest marlin you ever caught? Uh, shoot, it was the other day. Probably, I, we think it was like above 300, maybe what? in the 350 range. But uh, yeah, I got, I'll got. i send you a video of it. <laughs> yeah, send but, me the video. I got to show but this. The thing is, the thing is you, don't, you don't catch blue marlin. I mean, you can in the Gulf, you know, but you really catch them in like Central America. Like that's really mm-hmm. like the hot spot for – I mean, you can go catch yeah, 50 yeah. blue marlin in one day in Central Mexico, America. Mexico, like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, all those. Uh, uh, Costa Rica, Guatemala, like, all those Panama, like, you're guaranteed to catch blue marlin. And a lot of time, it's in the Pacific. So, like, for us to catch back-to-back blues, I mean, people will go a lifetime and never catch a blue marlin in the Gulf. Wait, uh, man. So it was cool. Next time you, was next time you come up, come on out to me. Come on to Maria. I got a, uh, I got a 38-foot uh, Silverton, you know what I'm saying, sport oh, fisher. Cool. So, cool, cool, yeah, cool. you come on out with me. We go, uh, we go out tuna. Um, get, you know, get him a boy. He's got a uh, find a Danny. He's got a um, go out and, and he's got a Cabo, a thirty five foot yeah. Cabo. Nice, Beautiful man. boat too, man. Good they, uh, I want to, I want to get on those yellowfin, man. I never, they don't really come around here. We got to go far. Y'all, y'all don't gotta go very far. We gotta go. I mean, we were like two hundred and eight miles off the coast. No, two hundred eight miles. I caught yeah, one. Nice. I caught one. I was, we were thirty, we were thirty miles out, just thirty miles yeah. out. We either from thirty or going out seventy to eighty. You get, I mean, you get like the the trophy, you know, when you yeah, go out yeah. eight in the canyons, you know. So we out yeah, the canyons yeah. because, of, but we only went thirty miles out, and I got me a nice little sixty. I can't go, go two hundred miles off. Sure. No, Dad. Good luck I with that, go, with Derek. I can't do it. Can't <laughs> hey, do man, it. we appreciate it, man. Yeah, Trey, Thanks great, so much, bro, great but... stuff, man. I love catching Thank up you, with you, man. And, and wish you all the best with, with whatever you decide to do, man. Congratulations, Thanks, man. Much love to you guys. Thanks for all having right, me, bro. Appreciate Thank it, bro. You so much. Got it. Thanks. That was Trey Burton. That was fun, guys. That was a lot of fun. Here's what we're gonna do. We're not even. We're not even gonna take a timeout because guess what? The man who called the shot, the the 
the stub man shot around the uh, the world yesterday. The one and only, and you can catch him each and every night on 94 WIP calling the games on radio along with L.A. and a cast of thousands. That would be Scott Francis. Scott, good to see you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Scott, good, Scott. what's going on, man? All right, so you, I, I got to lay out the scenario, Scott. So yesterday, um, we got off the air at 3. We wrap our show at 3. I had the game on you know, in the, in the foreground. I'm watching whatever. But I had to run out for a second to get a quick uh, trim. All right, so I get a haircut. I get back in the car. Looks good, by the way. <laughs> You're a good liar. You're a good liar, Scott. Uh, I get back in the car, and my timing could not have been better. Okay? It's as Garrett Stubbs is stepping to the plate in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, and I get to hear yourself and Chad Durbin with the call. And I will tell you this. I'm not just saying this because you're on here. I say it all the time. You are as good as anybody at rising to the occasion That's in right. a big spot. Right. It is it is Harry Callis-esque the way that you deliver in a big spot. And you drilled it yesterday, man, with that call. Thanks. Like I say, uh, Garrett did all the hard work. I just got to sit there and scream, you know? <laughs> Bro, that was amazing, man. You, sh- you should have put a little more, look at this little dude hit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he didn't look like he should be doing that, man. I, I had no clue, man. not a clue. Scott, he does not look like a catcher, man. No, man. No, man. I mean, those shin guards, they go up a long way, don't they? <laughs> it, it looks like if you ever watch field hockey, girls field hockey, it, they, it, they go like above his – yeah, it's, it's crazy how big that. You know, he's been awesome. He's been yeah. great. He's been great to be around. He's been great to, you know, talk to and get to know a little bit. And uh, obviously he's played great. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but he's played phenomenally when he's been given his opportunities. And – uh, clearly, yesterday was the biggest of his hits so far, but he's had some big ones along the way. And, um, you know, you, you root for guys like that. You're happy for guys like that because uh, he's getting a chance and uh, doesn't get many. But when he did and, and it came down to him, he was there to answer the call. Well, and hey, Scott, I, I'm going to be the guy that, you know, I shouldn't even bring it to you like this. But, you know, should he have more opportunities, man? Because at this point, Real Muto really isn't, you know, ripping things up. Do you mean, right. does he deserve more of an opportunity to go out there and catch, man? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's kind of a – sometimes it can be a bit of an age-old question in, in baseball. I mean, are you picking the right spots for him? Do you worry about overexposing him? I mean, um, you know, he, he was – he's never been a frontline catcher. It takes a lot to do it on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I do think JT's working through some stuff that they're trying to figure out, and he's trying to figure out. And he's mentioned that, you know, he he's – fully aware of the fact that he's not having the season that he wants to have. So I do think you might see, you know, a few opportunities for him here and there. I think uh, the idea that you could get JT uh, off his feet a little bit and, and knowing that you have a guy there who's producing mm-hmm. um, is probably pretty attractive to Rob Thompson. Um, you know, it's all the, one of those things where, you know, you don't know until you do it, but um, if you do it and it doesn't work, uh, then people want to ask why he's starting so much. So uh, you've got a guy there who's an all-star, who's an all-star caliber player, who's you know obviously one of the best uh, throwing catchers in the game. Uh, does things behind the plate athletically that you know you just don't ever see. Um, so I doubt it leads to a great deal more playing time, but maybe there's some opportunities here and there, and and you know they might take another chance or two with him. You know instead of. Once every, you know, twice every couple of weeks, maybe it's three times every couple of weeks that he gets to start. Um, you know, I thought they were going to give JT more rest, but obviously they don't have the DH uh, available because that's Harper's. Um, 
So, uh, you know, but it might be worth it to give him a little more playing time and give JT a little more rest. Hey, Scott, give me your take on uh, how the, the light switches come on for this team in terms of the way they're hitting the ball with authority, finding ways to win games, and how the starting pitching has really just fallen in sync. Yeah, well, the starters, uh, you know, we talked about it in spring training that the starters would be the strength of their pitching staff, clearly. Um, there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, so it's kind of a fine line for uh, whether it was Joe Girardi before him or Rob Thompson now to, to, to walk because you want to rely on them and you want to push them deep into games because they're your best pitchers. Uh, everybody knows about the issues with the pen. But at the same time, if you suffer an injury anywhere in there, um, you know, you don't have a lot waiting in the wings. You don't have a lot yeah. of depth there. So it's a it's a it's a real balancing act for for a manager, you know, especially, you know, like the other night when Zach Eflin comes up in the middle of the game and says, you know, my, my knees barking a little bit. Well, that's a red flag for them because, uh, you know, it'd be one thing if you push him too hard on one particular, you know, Tuesday night in the month of you know June yeah. um, versus losing him for the entire month of July and August or whatever. Um, so that's a different story. Uh, as far as the, the, you know, the way they're hitting and, and the way it's kind of turned around here, uh, I do think maybe there's uh, you know, just a little different uh, feel down there in the clubhouse and in and, and the dugout. I think some of that breeds on itself. You know, you have a little bit of success mm-hmm. um, and uh, that gives you more confidence the next time you go out and that gives more, gives you more success and that might give you a little more confidence and, and it kind of builds on itself. So uh, I think the way they've won these games has been really uh, electrifying for everybody's sort of outlook. And uh, you know, that idea that you're never out of a game, Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you can say that and it's not like they didn't battle, um, but now they're seeing some, you know, fruits of their labor, so to speak. And maybe they're building some confidence off of that. I, you know, I never had that sense. I, I never had that sense since uh, Girardi's been gone. And it seems like they're never out of the game. I mean, there are times where I think, you know, Art, they, they, they won't be able to come back on this. And then what happens, happens last night. You know, this, right? I just never feel that they're, they're out of the game now. So, I mean, it's, it's just a better feeling going into the ballpark, knowing that this team is going to compete day in and day out. I think one of the things that gives everybody a little more confidence is the way the bottom of the order has produced. Yep. You right. Start, right. You know, you, you expect the five guys at the top to do something and not every night, you know, Harper's not going to do something amazing every single night, although it seems like he's pretty close, <laughs> right. um, but, but the idea that, Hey, if, if we go through, you know, yesterday you went through two, three, four, five uh, in the eighth inning. Right. So, you know, it's the bottom of the order coming up in the ninth. But you think of yourself, hey, these guys have been doing something. They're one run down. Something could happen. Um, and, and I think that's a feeling they haven't had in a long, a long time. And I think that has a lot to do, you know, credit to the young guys. They've, they've worked, you know, a guy like Bryson Stott has, has really worked hard to kind of change his approach with two strikes and, and be more of a, a balanced hitter with two strikes. And, and, um, and that makes him stay in at bats longer. Uh, and those guys coming around, whether it's Stott or, you know, Veerling or Stubbs or, or, you know, Alec Bohm or whatever, um, it doesn't have to be every day, but it gives you that sense that uh, even if you get through Harper and you get through Hoskins and Castellanos and Schwarber, the big guns, there's still a few little guns that might be able to produce for you. Scott, you've been doing this for a long time. Do you ever, and he's kind of been this way his whole career, but ever remember a guy is extreme, who's such an extreme like Reese Hoskins? I mean, 
when he's on, man, it is unreal. And when he's off, it's it's tough. I, I, I can't recall a Philly that up and down. Yeah, I mean, it is it is he is very streaky. I mean, honestly, um, the streak he's on right now, I'm not outside of that first month he was in the big leagues. I'm not sure we've seen anything quite like this in a while. Um, obviously he had a huge series against Miami, but I mean, is it bats have been good for a while? And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he's streaky and you kind of live with that. And, but I mean, I think that's, you know, that's in a way that's the nature of baseball. Maybe he's to an extreme, but, um, guys have bad weeks. They have cold weeks. They have cold couple of, you know, couple of weeks or whatever, but that's why it's a team game. And that's why, you know, nine spots in your order, you have to look to everybody to do something every now and then. And that's what builds a special team. That's what builds a team that can, sort of compete for the long haul. Yeah, I thought mm. that everything was going to slow down and things were going to get cold when Segura yep. tried bunting. But, you know, I, I mean, they <laughs> they found a way to, to, you know, dig themselves out of the hole and, and you know, sitting, you know, sitting pretty good. right. If they, if they just continue to win every series, not saying, you know, uh, you know, win straight, but win every series, man, they're in, man. You know, I guess that's got to be their mantra, their rallying cry right now, huh? seems like it seems like they just keep talking about winning a series and winning a series and winning a series because i mean again that's a, a way to digest the season it's a long season and and you take it out in little in little chunks so the idea that they can win you know two out of three each time uh three out of four in a longer series or whatever the case might be you know you're gonna have a split on the road what you don't want to do is you know you do something like obviously they're they're in a spot right now where they can make some hay against a team like washington a uh, team that's not uh, not what they used to be, and obviously struggling. So you you know you talk about you got to win three, maybe four, um, uh, and uh, you know again that's it's the nature of of the long season that you try to win series and you figure you'll be there at the end. Um, but at the same time, um, you know you dug yourself an early hole, so you got to maybe dig a little deeper to or dig a little harder to get get out of that hole. Hey Scott, can this team overtake Atlanta and, and the Mets? I don't know. I mean, they're good teams. They really are. And the Mets have been doing it at less than full strength. Yep. Um, you know, even to some extent, the Braves have been less than full strength. You know, they didn't have Acuna for the first month and, and now they've got him and he's gone and they've lost Albies and somebody else will have to step up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it, it remains to be seen. Obviously, the Mets are going to get DeGrom back at, at some point, they think. They're going to get Scherzer back at some point. Uh, they're a good club. They really are. Um, but I do think the Phillies can stay in the conversation. I think they, um, I think they uh, will certainly be in the conversation uh, for playoff talk. I think I would expect them to be um, yep. throughout throughout the summer. And whether that means winning the division, it might come down to the fact that hey, you just lost a few too many early, and um, and you won't be able to catch them. But but who knows? I mean, that's why you play it. And uh, we've seen it before with this team. I, you know, um, we've seen it before with a lot of teams, not just this team, but we've seen it before with a lot of teams that, uh, you know, this team we're playing tonight, the Washington Nationals, they were they were dead in the water in 2019 right. in late May. Um, but but you turn it around and you start taking it day by day and you try to win each game the best you can. And, um, you know, you play every day, I think, with a certain sense of urgency and good things can happen. Scott, I got you brought up Harper uh, a little bit earlier, and I, I, I don't want to gloss over it. I, I mean, I think we almost take it for granted what this guy is doing when you consider he's got a torn ligament in his elbow. I mean, it's unbelievable. And making the adjustment to being a DH when he's never done that in his career to put the numbers up he has thus far. I mean, this is this is better than what we saw last year, and he won an MVP. I, I, this is an unbelievable run he's on so far. 
Yeah, and you know he's doing it a little bit differently. Um, as you said, he's not playing the field, so he's he's kind of learned to adjust and and change his routine maybe a little bit to to maximize his abilities as a DH. I know he'd like to be out there. I know I, I know he likes playing both you know both sides of the ball, if you will, and and um, misses being out there in right field. But uh, you know he's he's so back in two thousand and two. Uh, when I was working in Texas, I saw the first year that Alex Rodriguez had with the Rangers, and and Alex, you know, maybe got a little help uh, as we found <laughs> out later on. But I always said to myself, I mean, you you watch a guy like that play every single day and put up numbers like that every day, and you do, you sort of take it for granted, and um, you know, everybody is you know thrilled at what they're doing lately, and Harper's a big part of that, and. You know, I just I was guilty of it a minute ago, too, saying, you know, you expect certain things from Bryce Harper. Um, what he's doing is not easy. And uh, what he's doing, uh, you know, in terms of improving, he's he didn't have this many RBIs last year until late August. Yep. I mean, like like in, in, well into August. So, I mean, he's he's far ahead of some of those numbers. Um, he's he's hitting left handed pitching like he hasn't in a few years. <laughs> Um, he's attacking, uh, fastballs and breaking balls, uh, viciously. Um, I, I mean, you know, he's, he's really, uh, to me, he's, he's still one of the top, you know, handful of players in the game of baseball, whether he's just hitting, um, you know, not even taking into account what he can do defensively. You know, I asked Tom, you know, I, Tom, I talked to Tom the other day, you know, we talked to him the other day and I asked him this question, can Thompson, um, secure himself as the manager of the Phillies by being in the playoffs, or does he have does he have to make it to the playoffs, become the full time guy, or is he just going to be the interim? What do you think? What does he have to do to become the full time GM for the Phillies? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know to to answer directly. I'm not sure. I, I think he probably needs to make the playoffs. Now, I don't think he needs to win the division. Um, I think if he does make the playoffs, there's no question he's he'll get a he'll get an extension and, and he would be the manager going forward. I don't know how you could say no, um, but you know, again, it's still a long way to go. It's only been a couple of weeks, and I think uh, you know David Dombrowski will take you know however much time he needs to make that determination. But uh, uh, I, I I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question. Um, maybe it's you know putting the cart before the horse. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but I think obviously if he makes the playoffs, he's, I think you have to extend him. Scott, when you, when you're with a team as much as you are, how difficult is it to walk that fine line with being a fan, but yet being objective as a broadcaster at all times? Well, I I mean, I think part of it, you get, you get a little bit used to it. I I mean, obviously you root for them because you're around them so much and you get to know them and you get to know their families and um, you know, their kids play with your kids and in the, you know, family area or or on a a road trip, you know, you ride the bus together, whatever. So you you root for them and you you root for the guys who are good guys and um, you want them to do well. Um, But at the same time you understand. And I think they understand, you know, there is a certain job we do and um, a bad place, bad play and a play that should have been made is one that should have been made. I think most of the guys are pretty, you know, we, we, we've, I'll tell you that, you know, over my time here, I think we've been really blessed with a lot of good people in, mm-hmm. uh, to, to deal with on a daily basis. Um, you know, uh, again, I, 
I'm not trying to make any waves or anything like that usually. Um, uh, but, but I think uh, you, you call out good plays when they happen and you acknowledge that uh, mistakes get made and you try mm-hmm. to be fair. You don't get personal. Um, you know, I, I think that's just the number one thing. If, if you're fair and professional and not personal about it, then usually the rest takes care of itself. Right, Scott, perhaps the most important question of this interview, the drive down with Tom McCarthy. <laughs> what, what are we listening to? What's the conversation? Get, take us inside, man. We, we okay. need this kind of information. Yeah, I, well, I think Tom had some sort of uh, satellite radio, you know, kind of modern country stuff going on. Um, <laughs> more, more, probably more his choice than mine, but that's that's cool. I can dig it. And then, um, but you know what? We, you know, we talk about our families. Um, we're really close. We're good friends. We've been doing this together a long time, and we've made this particular drive a few times before. Um, it's it always goes faster when Tom drives because his foot's you yeah. know it's a little bit of more of a lead foot than me. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of family talk. Um, we talk a little bit about a little shop. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we were joking today how nobody ever calls us and tells us what a great call we had on that game-ending double play that you know uh, sent us. <laughs> Sent the Phillies to their third loss in the last four games or something. We never get, nobody ever calls then, but um, you know, uh, yeah, we just, you know, talk like anybody else would, I guess. Hey, 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 do the discussions get heated in terms of who's driving? Because if you're like me, I hate being a passenger in a car. I've got to be behind the wheel. Oh, really? No, I'm the opposite. I I much prefer to be, uh, to ride and let somebody else deal with that. Oh, no. Oh, man. I, I feel uncomfortable. Really? I don't know yeah. why. I just don't like being a passenger in a car. He's like a control, control freak, Scott. No, I mean, no, no, no. Us, come, no. We can all say it. It's okay. No, we're, when we're it comes to adults. driving, I just like to drive. I don't yeah, know why. Okay. Scott, yeah. listen, man. We we love your work. Keep up the great work. Thank definitely. And, uh, thank hey, you, enjoy thank you, yourself bro. next week in Texas. You get back to you know see some of the folks and, and, yeah. and all that stuff. It's always, uh, always fun going back home. But we appreciate a couple minutes, Scott. Thank you, man. Thank huge you, fan, man. I'm a huge yeah. fan. Yep. Uh, thank Likewise. you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. Pleasure. Right. That's Scott Fransky. Uh, done an amazing job on the radio calls for the Phillies, man. And you know what? It's not easy, guys. I wasn't going to put him on the spot, but it's hard when you have a lot of different partners. He's got Larry Anderson yeah. for some of the home yeah. games. Then he's got Chad Durbin. Then he's got Michael Bourne. Then he's got Kevin Stocker. There's a challenge to that, and he is seamless, man. The guy is just flat out smooth. He doesn't. Does an awesome job. All right, we're kind of up against it a little bit because we uh, we we missed a break. But I want to as we go out the door, give me your predictions, guys. Tonight, uh, Game Six of the NBA Finals back in Boston. Who wins tonight? Not the series. Just who wins tonight? Game Six. Derek first. Boston. Boston. I just Boston think keeps it alive. Okay. Boston's been slapped in the face two games in a row. That hasn't happened to them the entire playoffs. I think they they put it all together and forced Game Seven. All right, back. I got to go Warriors. They say no Moss. They say no Moss, and they yeah. just beat up on them. Whoa. Wow. I, I'm with wow. Derek. I think I think they force a seven. I think the Warriors win in seven, but I think they force a seven. Yep. I, I think yep. Boston at home tonight takes care of their business. Oh, and lastly, uh, I know, Derek, you were all over this, as was I. The NHL for game one was ridiculous. Oh, my night. goodness. Overtime. First of all, Atlanta, the Avalanche jump on them quick, and then the Lightning respond, and then it's just back and forth, physicality. And the Avalanche win in overtime. What a start to what I think is going to be a phenomenal series. Dude, the way they have bodies, throwing their bodies in front of the puck, both teams, oh. the speed up and down the ice. Dude, it was like watching, it was like watching a fast break basketball game on skates. Yep. Both of these teams are so equally matched. The goalies standing on their head, some of the saves they made. 
I went upstairs. Uh, my wife and I were getting ready to watch. I said, I'm going upstairs. She goes, why? I said, I got to watch game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. She goes, really? You're going to watch hockey? I said, I cannot miss this. I said, this is an evenly, it, as evenly matched series as you're going to see. It lived up to expectation. I would have paid good money to have a mid-ice seat to watch this one in person. I didn't see the hockey guys. Sorry. You know, Barrett, get, jump hockey. on for game two, man. I'm telling you, you watch. Even, even you if you're not a hardcore man. hockey fan, yeah. it's fine. You gotta watch I got you. you. I got you. Uh, all right. Well, a lot of fun, guys. Uh, we keep it rolling tomorrow. Uh, we want to thank our guest, of course. Uh, Troy, Trey Burton was unbelievable. So was Scott Fransky. Thanks to everybody in the comment section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Back tomorrow at the same time. Of course, always uh, kudos to our producer, Xander Krause, doing a great job as always. Don't go anywhere. You get the National Football Show coming up with Dan Cilio. Fellas, good job. And we will see you guys manana. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.